Hello and welcome to the Wrestling 20 Years Ago podcast. My name is Rory McNamara. We are going back in the time machine to December 1999 for our seventh annual end of year review show. Joining me on this quest, we have Chris Lacey. Chris, hello. Bonsoir. We have Chris White. Good evening. We have Eric Lanstrom. Eric Lanstrom. Thank you. And in, in the spirit of 1999, in the words of Clark W. Griswold Jr., Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> He's got plan for this one. And Dan Welling is here as well. Oh, I wish it was a what's nice every day. Da, 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 da. Right, so anyway, good before we get too carried away with that one. Now, if you're new to the show, let you know how we do this. We've got 14 categories for you. A couple of weeks ago, I sent the guys all these categories and told me to send them back their top three for each and every one, or bottom three in some cases. I worked them together into a appealing little chart. And the top three for most categories are what we will be talking about here. In some cases, in the event of a tie, I let those ones through too. For anything to be awarded the victory, it has to be on this final list. Everybody here will get a final vote as we go through each category. The one with the most votes wins. In the event of a tie, I shall then use my casting votes. So without further ado, let's get right into it with... Tag Team of the Year, and for this one we do have three nominees. In no particular order, we have the Dudleys, we have the Hardys, and we have the Impact Players. Yes, Ez and Christian just missed out by one point on this one. Uh, Chris Lacey, take us out here first. What have we got? So, we've got easily the greatest tag team of the year, the Dudleys. They were the main talking point for pretty much most of the year whilst in ECW. Yes, the Fed run hasn't worked amazingly out well for them so far, but, you know, Bubba can't cut those promos in the Fed. Um, Just grade A matches all year. Heat that was ridiculous. Easily, easily. One of the high points of ECW for this year. You've got Impact players, again, from my world, um, who seemed at the beginning just to be thrown together and in such have just become a great little unit. Um, obviously, you've got a great worker in Lance. You've got Justin Ratboy, who is just easy to fucking hate. You've got Dawn Marie slash Beulah, whatever name she's going by this week, and Jason, just to add extra cuntish to them. They're just great. And the Hardys, who who thought the Fed could actually have decent tag teams? Not me. <laughs> See last year. 
what is there that you can say about the Hardys? They are reinventing tag team wrestling. Them and Edge and Christian are doing something that no one else is. Um, so, yeah, the future is bright for them. Uh, I don't know whether it's a little bit too early for them to be getting tag team of the year, but they're definitely a hot commodity. Eric, your thoughts on this list? I'm surprised. Um, I, I think the Dudleys are just one of the three tentpole players in for ECW for this year and really for last year uh, with Rob Van Dam and with Taz. And uh, I think just in terms of value to their company, um, the Dudleys, if that was our only metric, the Dudleys would take this running away. Um, I am surprised that it's the Hardys over the over Edge and Christian. Me too, only, beca- o- only because it feels like Edge and Christian are just a couple inches ahead of them in terms of progression, in terms of kind of understanding their role. The Hardys are kind of spot monkeys at this point. Um, and, and they really haven't figured out psychology and I think they will, I think they'll get there and, and, and they both appear to be absolutely fearless. Um, so I I won't be surprised if, if Edge and Christian and the, the Hardy brothers are on this uh, list next year and for, for some years to come, but I, I think it's a little early for the Hardys and for the impact players. Boy, do I love Lance Storm, but just incredible has definitional go away heat for me. So and it's just it's just me. I understand that he's there for a reason and he's a pretty good wrestler and he usually has good matches, but he, he's just not for me. Um, and Rory, I'm just going to say that I thought for sure that the other tag team that would be on this list would be Greenwich Mean Time. <laughs> Listen to our November 99 WWF show for more information on that. Uh, Chris White, the Hardys making it and Edge and Christian not. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'd agree pretty wholeheartedly with everything eric just said in terms of i think the four people uh, you just mentioned have all had like fantastic years but if i was going to pick one team over the other i would have personally had edge and christian slightly further ahead and i think we've seen more individually from both edge and christian um as well as a tag team um than we have either of the hardy brothers so it was it is surprising to me to hear they didn't quite make the cut but as someone who also voted for the hardy boys i mean i'm not going to be too against that um it's 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 baffling to me that i had a couple of teams to nominate uh, for tag team of the year from the wwf side of things and it shows how much things can change within uh, a 12 month uh, period and I personally didn't nominate the Dudley boys just because obviously coming from the WWF side of things, um, their run in the Fed so far has been <laughs> not underwhelming. Much to go on, Inspector. No, exactly. Um which I, I, I mean I wouldn't necessarily blame either of them for that. Um, but it's left a lot to be desired. And if you had told me a year ago that um oh, you're, you're actually going to feel really positive about the WWF tag division and also they're going to sign the, the Dudley boys, but they won't be the reason you feel positive about things. Um, I wouldn't have believed you. So, <laughs> yeah. It's, it seems our word is reaching people far and wide. Very our influence so. runs ever deep, ever deep. Uh, Dan, your thoughts on how this list is shaken down? Uh, for me, the theme of this year is consistency. 
And the reason why I didn't vote for the Dudley Boys either is, as Chris mentioned, they've had a terrible last half, maybe third of the year. And the reason that I think the Impact players are ahead of them in terms of the ECW like tag team rankings is because from January onwards, they've just been consistently in the main event scene and has been a big draw for ECW. Um, all the way back from when Storm smashed Francine with the cane, all the way up to you know main eventing pay per views. These two guys just bring you know that ultimate work, you know, just consistent level of performance with just incredible being a heat magnet and that storm bringing the in ring work. You know, for a year which has been so all over the place, I think consistency is a really big thing, and the impact players have just been that team all year long. And like again, can I just clarify? This is a really tough category, I think, to get three names from because we've obviously mentioned Edge and Christian, but you know, people like Acolytes, Kane and X Park, the New Age Outlaws, you know, um, the filthy animals even from WCW and the Horsemen from WCW don't even get a look in, and yet probably would have easily been a shout for the top three last year or even 1997. So this is a really, really great year for tag team wrestling, um, and given how strength how strong the the newcomers like Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian have been, it could be even better next year. Just before we vote, uh, Chris Lacey, I think I know the answer, but I'll come to you on it anyway. Uh, you, more than any, anybody else, have been very disappointed by the Dudleys in the WWF so far. Does that mean, well, we'll find out when we come to the voting, but just to throw it out there, do you think that that affects their chances here anyway? No, because they were so fucking good in ECW. Their their semi lacklusterness in the Fed just shows that the Fed won't let them do what they're capable of. Would it be that's, fair to say they peaked not, at ECW this year as well? They reached their absolute high point. The fact of it, it during Heatwave, I'm pretty sure that promo that Bubba cuts <laughs> yes. was, was a, would have caused a riot. In fact, <laughs> it did cause a riot. It did. It did cause a riot. Exactly. Exactly. So that alone, sort of, you can you can take out the the three months they've been in the Fed with no direction. But I I think give them another couple of months in the Fed, and I think we'll see the real Dudleys in the Fed as well. Needs to drop the stuttering gimmick. You just know that Vince McMahon caught wind of that. Ha ha. He stumbles over his words, pal. Ha ha. And so. Taking us back to mid-96. Anyway, that's a discussion for another day and maybe another year. So to recap, Tag Team of the Year will be one of either the Dudleys, the Hardys or the Impact players. Again, if you're shouting at your listening devices, these came from votes that took place a couple of weeks ago from the boys. And only people who make it onto this list can win. So from the Dudleys, Hardys and Impact players, Chris Lacey, who are you going for? Them damn Dudleys. Chris White. I'll go Hardy Boys. Dan. Uh, generally don't know. Hardy Boys. Eric. Dudley Boys. Oh, so I've got to use my casting vote right off the bat. I thought I could take this one easy. Um, right. Oh my God, false finishes in the opening match. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> who, 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 who is booking this, bro? Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go for the Dudleys on this one. Yep, Dudleys take it just. I was 
a little surprised to see the Hardys make it in here at all, to be perfectly honest. I've been hugely impressed by them so far, and we will have opportunities to discuss them a bit later on. But they haven't quite clicked for me as a unit in the way that Edge and Christian have, who didn't make this list. Maybe they will. And Impact players, yes to one of them, no to the other. So the Dudleys, almost by default, take it for me. But I do hope that we do get to see something approaching the real Dudleys. And as much as Vince McMahon will allow very, very soon. So I take it we're also scoring that one for ECW. Yes, people? Yes. yes. We are indeed. All will become clear on that one later on if you are a new listener. So that's currently one point for ECW. Everybody remember that. Second award, Feud of the Year. Now, in the nominations, two absolutely ran away with it, meaning there was a third space up for grabs and three other ones snuck in. So there are five possible winners here. And in no particular order, we've got the feud between Rock and Austin, Tajiri and Super Crazy, RVD and Jerry Lynn, Austin and Vince McMahon, and Rock versus Mankind. <sighs> Was not expecting to see some of these. Dan, dip into this. Uh, Aki, the feud of the year seems when we seem to have got two nominations here, which only lasted two months, <laughs> interestingly. Um for me, I think the the feud of the year would be Tajiri versus Super Crazy because these guys are just... It's just rinse and repeat. You will two wrestle for eternity in 1999 and you will put on excellent match after excellent match after excellent match on repeat for eternity. What more <laughs> can I ask for? You know, really, from that performance? Every week for 15 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... What can I, I, can, I nominated Juventus Guerrero and Billy Kidman last year for Feud of the Year when they wrestled for two or three months on repeat. I'm definitely nominating Tajiri and Super Crazy for having nine months of wrestling on repeat. Never had a bad match. Never had a bad match. For somebody like you, Mr. Welling, I know that that is a major, major fillet for making this sort of list. What do you think of the rest of it? Uh, again, I don't, I don't agree that Austin and Rock and um, Rock and Mankind should be on here. They were two, it was, it was, they were very high points of those feuds, but were too um, sparse. Austin versus McMahon is Austin versus McMahon, but again, I think we unfairly judge it on how amazing it was last year. And yes, it has never reached those heights, but for those <coughs> three months from you know january to rest to wrestlemania season it was still absolute gold and still we had one of the most amazing moments of the year happen in, in june because of that feud so i will let and i will let the ecw kings talk talk about rvd and jerry lynn because i know that's their baby so and i doubt they'll need a second invitation go ahead i'll defer well, to the king mr lacy <laughs> so first on on crazy and tajiri Yes, there have been amazing matches, but there's no story or reason for them. That is why it can't be a feud of the year. It, they can be the matches of the year, they can be the in-ring competitors of the year, but it cannot be feud of the year because there's no stakes. RVD and Lynn, there have been stakes all the way through. Lynn has been the heir apparent to the moniker of the whole fucking show, including calling himself the new fucking show. But he is yet to be the whole fucking show. RVD and Lynn has been a constant joy of watching just to see can Lynn get it? Can Lynn do it? 
and even when they're not wrestling each other, it still goes back to Lynn trying to, you know, prove that he is worthy and ready and able to beat RVD. That has been a year-long feud that has had countless amazing matches. When we get to match of the year, I, I could have picked all three of them being RVD Lynn matches, but I put myself to just one. These two are the perfect pairing of peanut butter and jelly. They work so well together and there are stakes there that mean it's got a reason to be. Eric, you also hop on the back off. Yeah. Let me just say from the outset, this was a bad year for feuds. Like, Booking in all three companies was all over the place all year long. There was so much upheaval that it was just tough to keep anything consistent. There was nothing like 97, for example, where you had Austin Brett for three quarters of the year, and then it pivoted to Owen, or you had Sting Hogan for the entire year, or 98, which was the true Austin McMahon year. We had nothing like that this year. It was really tough to pick this. I completely agree with Lacey about Trigerian. Super crazy. They had about 300 good matches this year, but none of them meant a damn thing. Um, and I don't think Rock and Austin or Austin or, and Rock and Mankind, I, I think it was Dan who said it like, yeah, there was just like six week little blips on the radar in, in, in furtherance of bigger things. And Austin Vince, I think this year was just so inconsistent with Austin being in and out and Vince pivoting to the feuding with The Undertaker and feuding with Triple H. Like it, just too much all over the place. RVD and Jerry Lynn had two of the five best matches in North America this year. And as Chris said, their storylines wove in and out. They, When they weren't wrestling each other, they were talking about each other in promos or everything was aimed at the next match. Um, they really are like the yin and yang. Like Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Dam are basically like the good and evil versions of each other. And they make for a hell of a hell of a, of a matchup. And it's high enough on the stakes where RVD is like this, basically like the top guy in ECW, and he's dragging Jerry Lynn up, not to necessarily be a top guy, because Jerry Lynn is never going to be a top guy with the way that he conducts his promos, and he's very vanilla. Um, but he could be a top-level worker, like a top-level like semi-main guy in ECW for some time after this uh, rub that RVD has, has given him. So that's my uh, vote, and and I think. I think it's because there were really no great feuds this year. I think in, in the last several years, this this feud does not win, but in this year it does. Chris White, we've got three WWF feuds in here. What do you make of that? So I, I do agree with um, what Eric just said in that uh, the the this was a really hard category, especially from a WWF perspective. But for me, there was one clear winner out of the WWF side of things. And I think... It's slightly dismissive, but it's also fair to maybe label Rock Mankind sort of a, a six-week, two-month sort of period. But the Rock Mankind story is something that's been present, even if they're not directly facing each other. We've had the Rock and Sock connection for a large part of the year, and there's a lot of dysfunction and just at times tension between them where I don't think that feud's entirely done. It's done from the sense of like rock corporate champion and mankind, like what we saw on the 4th of January and uh, the rumble that, that aspect like sort of the feud is, is done from that sense. But I don't think the story of rock and mankind is, is 
is done. And I don't think the story of Rock and Mankind was that six week, two month period. I think it has been something that when Mankind's been around this year, he has been facing or with The Rock pretty much as a constant. And that's why, for me, it is the strongest of the three uh, WWF contenders. And that's why it will get my vote. What do we think of Rock Austin getting in here? That one came as a bit of a surprise to me, actually. I've got to be honest. Because I'm not... Uh, anybody can take this one. Did Rock and Austin really feud in the conventional sense this year? They had the build-up no, to WrestleMania. They had their rematch of Backlash. Uh, I never really felt they were loggerheads against each other specifically in the way that some other people on this list were. They had two absolute banger matches, especially the one in Backlash, but they were, I never felt like they were true adversaries. Precisely. And Austin Vince as well. Less of a surprise it making here, but we have seen the best of it. When I've been on WWF shows this month, I've been saying fairly regularly that it's not quite on borrowed time, but I wanted it to change. I'm not sure it's quite changed the right way, but there we are. I think it's time to vote. Chris White, what have we got from these five? I'm going Rock Mankind. Dan? RVD Jerry then. Eric? The eyes are going to take it. RVD versus Jerry Lynn. Go on then, Lacey. And it's a surprise to no one. The whole fucking show versus the new fucking show. Sorry, Whitey. I gave you the run in there and there we are. That's two so far for ECW. Cash that check, baby. There we are. On to category number three. I should say RVD Lynn won the voting for this particular show. And I'm not surprised it took a lot of us here. Rising star, maybe this one might cause a bit of a surprise. Five entries here. Dan Welling, listen closely. Oh, God, no. Yeah, we've got, okay, we've got Mike Awesome. We've got the Hardys. Here, we've got Edge and Christian. And China. And Eric, we have Triple H. Oh, why are you both the WWF oh, champion? Wait, 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 wait. What, what, what do I have to do with this? <laughs> I thought this was anonymous. Come on. <laughs> I just picked you completely at random. Eric, me and Dan have enough. Me and Dan have enough heat. Come on. What have we got? Triple H, rising star. Uh well, uh, just like The Rock last year, he began the year as a mid card kind of guy on the rise, and he ends the year as the world champ. Or, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I think that's basically all there is to say. Like they, he, he started the year at one level and he ended the year at the next level. Now a lot of people don't like the guy. That's fine. I, I don't really like him either. But I, Sorry. I think that I think that I think that it's undeniable that the WWF has one more star at the end of 1999 than it did to begin the year in Triple H. I think, you know, China was another vote of mine. And I think that's a completely different dynamic. Um, and that's kind of more of like a long-term kind of ancillary thing. So are we looking at this as like mainstream media star? Or are we looking at this as like wrestling person? Because China's not like a wrestling person, but she definitely has potential to be potential to be more popular than Triple H and, and maybe just kind of brush the bottom rung of that Rock Austin ladder. We're starting to see it a little bit. 
And the other three are just like I get it. Like Mike Austin, the Hardys, and Edge and Christian are great, but they're all they're not the same. They're not like world the WWF champion. And that you know, it's just by coincidence that two years in a row we've started the year with a guy in the mid card embroiled in an intercontinental feud or worse, and then end the year as the world champion. So I think that's why I think Triple H deserved inclusion on this list. What do you say then, Dan? As a lawyer, surely semantics play a part in that. <laughs> rising, rising star implies that the star has not risen yet. There we go. Triple H is, is the WWF champion for the last, the top heel in the company for the fi- last five months. Surely this does not imply rising star. In the same way that last year we voted for a man who was already risen to the top of the company. We can't do this again. <laughs> Why do I think I need to tweak this category next year? Bumper, if you're listening, this is all you're doing. Uh, Can Dan, we talk about actual rising stars now, please? Rather than take act- any of the rest of the list before you combust. Go on. And even, like again, not not to not to ham hard on you, Eric, again, but I disagree with the fact that you say that Mike Awesome is not future WF champion material because surely this guy is tailor made for Vince. I mean, he's a horse you know that can wrestle has got muscles for days i have no idea what his promo is like but again if you're looking for a guy who could come in and be that foil for rock or austin now that the big show has sort of become a failed experiment mike awesome is just there for me like yeah, this guy it, is sorry and, and if he does that next year i'll vote for him This one is definitely all about uh, interpretation, I think it's very safe to say, this category. Chris White, could you be a voice of reason for us? I mean, I don't want to sit on the fence, but it's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do. No, um, that's not, that's not quite <laughs> I mean, it's difficult because last year I voted for The Rock, and but this year I didn't vote for Triple H, and now I'm thinking that I'm, I'm just an idiot. Um, like, I, I, no, I you're know. fine. <laughs> I... I, 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 I I genuinely see it both ways. I mean, a rising star, like, do you pick a guy that hasn't really done a lot, but you could see a bright future? Or do you pick the person that that rose throughout the year? In which case it is Triple H, like, undeniably. And China is also a very good shout. And also both Edge and Christian and uh, the Hardys. Like, like from a WWF, WWF perspective... Uh, those four guys in the two tag teams and the uh, series of matches they had culminate in the No Mercy ladder match, like they rose from what was my le- least favourite thing about the WWF last year in the tag division to one of the high points of the entire year being that ladder match. And they deserve enormous credit for that, which is why they deserve to be nominated. But, I mean, it is... Ultimately, I, I think I agree more with Eric. Like this, this this oh, award fuck is off. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's an award for the, the star that has risen the most throughout the year, surely. Which is Triple H, who came from obscurity to the top heel, and that is that <laughs> obscurity. I think obscurity is stretching it a little. Okay, not obscurity. Okay, but not the main event to being the main event. I'll give you that. Uh, he started the year, what, by saying very loudly during the Royal Rumble, if I hold on to the ropes, can you throw me? And look at him now from humble, inverted commas, beginnings. Chris Lacey, pick through all of this one. So 
I can't say Mike Awesome is a rising star because he's been about for years and he's not a new and shiny. And because this is what to me rising star is, is someone that's been only about for a year or so for the same reason, it can't be triple H. So we've got edge and Christian Hardys who have both this year come from in the Hardys case jobbers to the best match the fed had this year. And you've got Edge and Christian that came in. Yes, they had their debut here last year, but have basically definitely come into their own this year. And then you've got China, who has or was just the muscle bodyguard who, yes, she's shit in the ring, but she is culturally a big star because she is what wrestling has lacked for many years, a female role model for girls and to look at and go, I can do something, I can do something that the men can do. The fact that she was nearly in the main event at SummerSlam, the fact that she was in the Rumble, that being what she has done from being a nothing bodyguard I would go with her, even though I didn't choose her in my list. Quite welcome to vote for her here. Just quickly on China, can we see a situation where by this time next year, if the trajectory continues as it is currently going, that we could actually see her main event a pay-per-view by the time December 2000 rolls around? I would I like to see it. Sorry. I would like to see it, but I think she has to improve in the ring before you can get there. No, I think that's a fair comment. Yeah, I think you need to pivot off her being like an Austin or Rock type figure into something completely different. But I think she has tremendous value. Yeah, From a cultural standpoint and her position in the company, I could very much buy it. I'm not sure it would be a main event I'd necessarily buy, but that's another matter. It is far from outside the realms of possibility, and I do think that is testament to... Uh, has everybody spoken on all five contenders now? I think we have. Yes. Yes. I should say. I sh- you think I would be stick of stick, stick of stipulations, sick of stipulations. I can't even say it after what I've had to endure for the last three months in particular. But I'm going to have to add a few to Rising Star for next year, so I don't have to put up with this nonsense again. Anyway, in the interest of democracy, let's have a vote from these five. Dan Welling, go first. China. Okay. Chris White. Sorry, Dan. Triple H. Oh, my. Here we go. Okay, let's get this one out of the way. Eric Landstrom. Oh, dude, Triple H sucks. I'm voting for China. Thank <laughs> God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Backhand is being exchanged here, but it's not all over yet. Look at me making a case for fucking Triple H. Uh, Lacey, what have we got from them? What, this is your vote. Just, just for her cultural standing and the fact of... I, we will look back at this with a level of importance more than Hunter's rise to the title. It's got to be China. See, there you go, Dan. All that hollering and booing for nothing, eh? Eric, I love you, mate. That Triple H, <laughs> that, that China-Jericho match was rubbish at Survivor Series. Yep. Oh, they're all, they're all rubbish, but it didn't matter for Hogan, it doesn't matter for Warrior, it doesn't matter for China. Let's just, mentioning China in that breath, let's take our own breath and step back, shall we? But rising star in a very literal sense... As literal as you can be for rising star, China is 
a deserving winner, and Triple H didn't win. And I didn't fix the boat, everybody. I could have done. I'm not even going to pretend I didn't consider it, but this is all above board. Really, really. A favourite category of a lot of people now, worst match. Three contenders here. I'm going to read them out for you in chronological order. We have Kevin Nash versus Hulk Hogan from the January 4th Nitro. We have Undertaker versus Big Boss Man from WrestleMania 15. And, only one more to go, Ivory versus Fabulous Moolah from No Mercy. Yes, the kennel from hell did not make it in. In fact, it missed out by quite a fair way. I'll let you all bark. Chris White, what do we have here? So I'm really glad the kennel from hell didn't oh, make no, it I on. Knew you would be. Because Go back and listen to our September 99 WWF. Yeah, me and he Billy sort of case for it. Me and Billy, and Billy agreed, and we both had a fun time watching that match because of how terrible it was. <laughs> like it was too fun to be the worst anything. Like was it using the Chris Lacey formula of bad boring i think it might have been yeah yeah yeah, yeah. completely it was it, i and i directly on that show compared it to taker and boss man at mania and said that was far worse because there's just no upside to it i didn't enjoy it it was offensive it was boring it was <laughs> ponderous and then this kennel for hell was the most absurd ridiculous like there were animals defecating. Like, it was just <laughs> ridiculous. I'm so glad it's not on this list. Um, and it, it didn't deserve to be because Take a Boss Man was so much worse. Ivory Moolah was so much worse. And I'm just going to, I mean, I've been fighting a lot of losing battles so far tonight. The finger, the, the finger poke <laughs> of Doom, is, 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 it is a match, but it's not. It's an angle. It's not the worst match because the match was like five seconds. It's not the worst match. It's it could be the worst booking or the worst segment. Even though it is a match, it, you're you're not voting the worst match based on the angle of the match. You've you've got to go with which was the worst worked wrestling match. Which for me is Take a Boss Man. He fucking hung him. <laughs> he fucking fucking <laughs> hung him. There's your tagline. He fucking hung him. Yeah, it's feeling quite appropriate after the rising star debate. Chris Lacey, it's because of you that the finger poke match got on this list. Talk to me about it. Why is it see, a worst match contender? See, I, I went with the mindset of it was a match, it was bell to bell. But after that argument, I have to concede that it's not really a match and it it is terrible. We and might we will, have an no, opportunity to talk about no, it again a bit. Doubt people are talking about it later, but I have to agree with Taker Boss Man. How the fuck do you make a Hell in a Cell match boring? The a Hell in a Cell match, it, it you've got this fucking giant cage that you can work with, the Devil's Playground, and the only thing memorable about this match was when they fake hung Boss Man at the end, when you can see that the rope's actually attached to his flat jacket, and you've got the brood hanging around on the top of the cage. It was bullshit. It was a shit hell in a cell. And the fact that it was a mania, just even worse. I hate to be that guy, but is it hung or hanged? Hanged. 
I had a feeling you might know that one, Eric. Yes, please. Hey, <laughs> Michael hang. Cole was right. Michael Cole was right. Oh, what is wrong? Michael Cole was right. God, what am I doing with my life? Eric, talk to me about this worst match list. I exhausted my pre-hearing motions on another matter, so I didn't bother <laughs> the, bother with the Nash Hogan thing. But I fully agree that's an angle and not a match. It should not be anywhere near this list. It's coming and up later. I'm actually upset that it took it, it took the spot of of other competitors. Um, okay, yeah. <laughs> the, the the Undertaker boss man thing. <laughs> what more is there? Is what more is there to say? Like it was the Chris Chris White was it even the low point of WrestleMania 15? No, it wasn't even the low point of WrestleMania 15. So it cannot win worst match of the year because there was a match on that same card that was markedly worse. But it was not the worst women's match of the year, and that was Moolah versus Ivory. Did you guys watch No Mercy? Yes. <laughs> did every Dan? Did you watch No Mercy? Yes, I have. Chris Lacey. I watched it today. Rory. <laughs> of course, I'm too dedicated to my craft to miss it. I have nothing more to say. <laughs> <laughs> For more on his Ivory Moolah views, go back to our October '99 WWF show. Dan Welling, chime in. Ivory versus Miller is two minutes. Boss Man versus Undertaker is ten minutes and is five times worse. And if you want to be pedantic, the most interesting thing about that match was post-match. Well, we could have a semantic debate, as I'm sure you enjoyed. I think it's time to vote on these three, don't you? Eric, where are we going? Uh, uh, I'm checking on Welling's time thing. It was three minutes. It's the worst match. Moolah versus Ivory. Okay, and Dan? Dan, you there? Oh, sorry, I couldn't hear you. You cut out my name. Uh, it's, uh, uh, I'm going with Take a Boss, man. Okie dokie. Chris Lacey? Because it's a Hell in a Cell, Take a Boss, man. Hell in a Cell shouldn't be bad or boring. And with or without a dictionary, Chris White. <laughs> so, so what? He he hanged him. Is that hanged? I believe. <laughs> it, it's take a boss man. I've got to say, I he fucking hung him is is funnier. Let's be honest. And what are we in this for if it's not in for comedy? Yeah, take a boss man. I would have been happy if that's the right word with either take a boss man or Ivory Moolah winning this one. Take a boss man was painfully boring in as you say a situation where it should not be. I think. Sorry, sorry, Rory. I I think I've I've kind of suppressed Ivory uh, from No Mercy because of how elated I was with the eight women tag at Survivor Series not being (laughs) elimination match when that came up, and I was like, oh Jesus Christ! And then it only lasted two minutes, and it was it was it was shit, but it was okay. Like it, I didn't have to see seven falls. Sable Tory should have been in this competition. It was just atrocious the whole year. I might year. be able to use Sable Tory as ammunition a little bit later on, Mr. Landstrom. So hold that thought. Award number five, non-wrestler of the year. And I think this one's going to cause a bit of hypercharging as well. In no particular order, Jim Ross, Joel Gertner, Vince McMahon in the non-wrestler category. When I got some responses, when I got the responses from the guys, one or two voiced vexation at Vince making it in there, but he did. 
let's go first with Dan. I was one of these people. Um, I I understand completely that Vince gets on this list, but for me personally, if you are the WWF champion of a company, you can't be classed as a non-wrestler. And the fact that he had been involved in a third of the main events of WWF's pay-per-views this year, again, kind of says to me that you are too involved in the in-ring product to be considered a non-wrestler of the year. I know his predominant role is non-wrestler, but when you're crossing that line this much, to me, I think you are just going outside the boundaries. And I know the kind of the three other, the two other guys in the list have been talked about before in previous lists. I'm still picking with Jim Ross. He's my, he's, you know, I think Eric and Rory, you kind of gave the reasons as to why Jim Ross should win this award when you spoke about the absolutely reprehensible sacrilege of his name that was conflicted by Oklahoma two months ago. Everyone loves Jim Ross for yeah. a good reason. And the fact that this guy came back from a Bell's palsy, episode, you know, a Bell's palsy attack and was almost as good as he was in 1998. And the fact that he showed up just how incompetent the second tier announcer was when he came back for one match at WrestleMania just shows you how much of a gulf there is between Jim Ross and the rest of the announcing team in North America. Chris White, what have we got? See, I I did vote for Vince, but I'm not going to launch a passionate argument that he should be classified as a non-wrestler because all of Dan's points are completely valid. But the reason I would put Vince on this list and the reason Vincent Mann is so great is because of all the non-wrestling stuff he does. It's the wrestling stuff that he's the worst at. And when he's involved in promos and segments not wrestling, even if they're terrible, he's fantastic. And you only have to look at like the reveal of the higher power, which is just nonsensical, and we tore apart on the show. But on the show, we praised Vince McMahon and his performance and his delivery because he is a level above almost everyone else in that entire company. Um, but, I mean, it, it, I'm perfectly happy for... Like, I, I, I can't argue with the fact that he is too involved he was the wwf champion so if if that's the consensus then i'm more than happy to concede i I don't i I don't have a counter to that my counter is just that vince's non-wrestling work is his best stuff and he's the best at it but he may have done too much of the wrestling stuff the wrestling stuff (laughs) (laughs) but yeah he may he he may have been on the other side of that line too frequently this year for it to be fair which i i I can't argue with but if if the distinction isn't being made and i can separate the non-wrestler vince mcmahon to wwf champion vince mcmahon um then he wins this award and you just know that he calls it the wrestling stuff as well don't you all that pesky in ring, th- those pesky in ring things, just get in the way. Lacey, this list again to recap: Vince, Jr., and Joel Gertner. What do you think? So, okay, so Jr. has come back from his Bell Spalsy, but you know he is just a commentator and has basically done what Jr. does, which is be the best commentator in in wrestling. McVan has 
when not in ring, because obviously we see this is the, the big thing on this, when not in ring, his training segment for the Rumble, the higher power, the whole stuff with the Vince or with Triple H in the wedding, there's been so much stuff that Vince has done when he's being owner Vince, not in ring trying to get a title Vince, that has been awesome. But we all know where my vote's going. The quintessential stud muffin. The man that makes all the ladies wet. Joel fucking Gertner. The man is filth. He is funny as fuck. Him with the Dudleys was riot starting. Sometimes he was worse than Bubba. And that is a fucking benchmark to beat. Joel Gertner, by far. Vanelda, Eric, your turn. You can't win the Royal Rumble and then be WWF champion and main event several pay-per-views and be considered a non-wrestler. I'm sorry, you just can't. Like, we don't want to think of Vince McMahon as a wrestler, but, like, he is at this point. Um, He's had a much more successful career than most of the people he has employed as wrestlers over the course of his tenure (laughs) as the the chairman of the WWF. So uh, he is a wrestler, and I would, uh, I think he's he's from here on disqualified from this category. Uh, so that leaves us with Jim Ross and Joel Gertner. Everything Lacey said about Joel Gertner is true, and I'm so happy he made it onto this list, and I'm really hoping he makes it onto another list that we might talk about in a few minutes. Um, uh, the thing about Jim Ross is, uh, do you guys follow American baseball? No. No. Okay. Right. There's the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I know that our, our, our former overlord uh, does as well. And, and there's the stat in baseball called wins above replacement. And it basically means, like, how valuable are you to the person that would theoretically come in and replace you uh, if you were to be out of that spot? And I think we learned a lot about how valuable Jim Ross is this year when Michael Cole came in to replace him for those many, many months. And I think, and I think that with all of Jim Ross's successes in 1998, losing him so early in 1999 made us realize that he is like so valuable to the WWF product. Could you, oh, we didn't have to imagine it. We, we, we did see how ridiculous and how over the top and how nonsensical the WWF presentation can be when you don't have a strong lead commentator to kind of make sense of it all. And I think for that reason alone, like Jim Ross has to win this award. He's like he's the glue guy for the WWF television presentation for what we watch every week on Raw for all of those pay-per-views. Michael Cole wins this award for Jim Ross, I think, (laughs) is my point. Michael Cole wins an award is all I need to hear from that sentence. (laughs) Good luck, Michael. Do you get doesn't get nominated anywhere else just to spoil it for you? I think it's time to vote on non-wrestler of the year. Eric, I know where your vote is going. Jim Ross. Indeed. And Chris Lacey, you are voting for the genius uh, Joel Gertner, yes? The quintessential stud muffin. The Brothers Beverly. Chris White, where are we going? Uh, I I mean, I I will happily, as I say, uh, concede Vince McMahon is a wrestler. It's it's Jim Ross. It still doesn't quite sound right, though, does it? Vince McMahon is a wrestler. It should be a lot wronger than 
facts bear it out to be. But okay, Jim Ross votes. Vince will not feature it here. If, if Vince is eligible, I'm still going to disqualify him next year. Uh, important vote, Dan Welling. Good old JR. Good old JR takes it. Some might say a year too late, but he had some very stiff competition in 98. 99, I think he has earned this. Is it a bit of a long service award? Look at all the medals down there right above his left left breast. Yes, it yeah. probably is, but I'm certainly not going to dispute it. I think this has been his best year. He manages to walk that line between the insanity of the WWF whilst still maybe it's just his own doing, not really letting go of his late 80s, early 90s MWA-ness. There might be somebody in his earphones who wants him to, but he isn't quite doing it yet. And we as listeners are all the better for it. JR, non-wrestler of the year. Although he did feature in a match this year. Moving swiftly on. I'm not going to get into that debate. Now. I'm not going to do it. Worst booking of the year. <laughs> Dear listener, throw some at me. Let's see how many of them make it. We have got five to choose from, including quite an amusing one. We have got the finger poke of doom, so we can properly talk about it. We have got Billy Gunn winning the King of the Ring. We've got the Big Show winning the world title at Survivor Series. We have got Oklahoma in general. And also, Chris Lacey, you're going to start us off. You just sent me one word and it was enough to make it into the list. That word is Russo. So just him in WCW, I'm obviously watching the last two months of WCW for having to watch Nitro instead of just catching the pay-per-views. He is in every other fucking segment with his, where you can't see him, but you know it's him, with his fucking broness, just chatting shit making fucking luchadors have a pinata on a fucking pole match put in a fucking shark cage in tory wilson and that's like for fuck's sake every fucking thing that he does is just fucking cancer and then to mark it all your main event of your big fucking show and he's all over it with this, oh, I just gave the belt back to Brett and cheated him out because getting you back for the screw job two years ago, you're a cunt, Russo. You're a giant <laughs> fucking cunt that's an egotistical little prick that has to be on fucking telly. Everything you do is wrong, and I hope you die. I'm very pleased, Lacey, with the way you managed to sell the WCW shows. This is why I'm going to have you on them every single month from now until the end of time. Fuck you and Bob Collins. It's all we need. I know that we just said Russo. I knew exactly. So, to make this a bit more specific, are you necessarily nominating Russo here, his booking, or is it him as a on-screen character? It's him in this thing that he's. Because I'll be honest, he just with... suits me right now. Well, it, it's it's quintessentially the fact that there's him as the powers that be. Yeah. Just just everything about that. And the fact that we know that he's the one that's writing it all. and this makes it but, even worse. But the fact that he then has to fucking be on the show every other fucking segment. That is what's the fucking problem. There's nobody there to tell him no, Vince, this time. Uh, Oklahoma made the list. Who wants to talk about that? Oh, I do. A lot. Go ahead. That's all right with everybody else. That's what we're here for. <sighs> okay. <laughs> to talk about Oklahoma, we kind of have to contextualize everything else. And, and and I didn't realize we could vote for Russo. I kind of voted for him a different way. Um, but um, 
I, I, I'm fixing to agree with Lacey here for everything he laid out. Okay, Big Show is as world champ. Like, do we really think he's going to main event WrestleMania? So that's going to like, okay, I don't know, but like, hopefully that's going to be like a short term kind of anything can happen in the WWF type booking decision and let Triple H deal with all the stuff with McMahon and Stephanie that we saw at Armageddon and like they don't have to have the belt tangled up and all that give Big Show the rub and then all of a sudden come the Royal Rumble Austin or maybe not Austin after Survivor Series but uh, Rock or Triple H or somebody anybody else is the world champion like hopefully um, Billy Gunn is king of the ring like Shamrock was king of the ring last year and we've seen Mabel is king of the ring so like I voted for this but I don't think it really moves the needle as much as some of these other ones and the finger poke of doom was like certainly something that set WW, WCW on a 1999 path that just it, well, it's not going to win promotion of the year. So that's all the the listener needs to know. Uh, it really bad stuff, really really bad stuff. But like, okay, that's all wrestling stuff. Like Oklahoma is like making fun of people with disabilities. And that like transcends wrestling in in a lot of ways, and it's and it's making fun of somebody who's like overcome a lot of shit too, and it and it also in a booking sense, I knew this was going to happen. The worst type of show, the worst type of angle, the worst type of booking is the 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 whatever that not only does not move the needle, does not help the promotion, but harms every person in it. And this was November to remember last year. And this was Oklahoma this year. Like, is anybody affiliated with this angle or the promotion itself better off for this Oklahoma thing? It just is so ugly. It's just ugly. And it's not ugly in a wrestling sense. It's ugly in like a – if my grandma were watching this, she'd think this was disgusting type sense. So I think if you have an angle that like transcends generic wrestling ugliness, it like has to win. And this is just so ugly and so uncalled for and so unnecessary. And it reminds everybody of the better thing that's going on in the other oh, channel as well. It, there's just – I don't see anybody who's thinking this Oklahoma angle is really going to move the needle for WCW. It's just awful. That's why it should win this category in my opinion. It's up there. It's very much up there. Dan Welling, the rest of this list, what have we got? Give us your thoughts. Um. Well, I'll, I'll... – jump on what eric said there about things that harm a promotion i think that you've got a domino effect with the finger poker doom which leads to all of this negativity surrounding vince russo and oklahoma because what started this kind of real massive downturn for wcw that they went to hire vince russo is the fact that we got an angle which you know kind of concreted all of our doubts about how this company booked itself the fact that the inmates running inside them the fact that it's all the old stars it's the it's the old heel stars being the main focus of the promotion rather than rising young talents or baby faces it's the fact that there's that bold bastard on top of the card again with big sexy in tow being his lackey and the fact that you know that entire show could be poorly booked and yes but i i can't beat eric's argument on that front i mean yes if I watched The Finger Broker Doom, I wouldn't want to watch WCW for a while. If I saw Oklahoma live, I would be like, and after what I've said about Jim Ross and my ad- adulation for that man's ability and what he's been through his personal life, I don't want to watch WCW for a long time because of that toxicity that's in that backroom booking decision to come up with that 
absolutely god awful decision. And I can't beat that argument, you know. And I wholeheartedly agree with it. And when it's when it's when someone says it in your head and you and you hear it for the first time, it's like yes, this absolutely makes that makes voting Oklahoma the worst booking decision of 1999 absolutely the right choice in my opinion. Like Billy Gunn and Big Show winning the WWF titles and and King of the Ring, they're funny that they're stupid, but again they don't they don't come close to what the Finger Poker Doom did, and and they don't even come close to what Oklahoma's done on the personal level for those right that writing team. Chris White for two WWF selections here: Billy Gunn winning King of the Ring, and Big Show winning the world title. I'm not surprised to see both of them make it in here. And I suppose if you want to look at it from, again, a very literal standpoint, these were examples of bad booking. Primarily because for me, and see if you agree, one of them didn't go anywhere and one of them isn't going to go anywhere. Spoiler alert. (laughs) I don't think I'm spoiling anybody's enjoyment of future WWF programming by saying this big show title run is not going to be one for the ages. What do you think? And I mean, when you take them, I think everyone's pretty much said it, but if you compare these two things, Billy Gunn winning the King of the Ring is already kind of irrelevant um, within sort of the landscape of the WWF. It doesn't matter anymore. The the New Age outlaws are back together. Um, There's no long-lasting damage or impact of that shit booking um, affecting my enjoyment of the company week to week um, is probably just a, a timing issue that the Big Show title win came later in the year. But there's also the fact that, as Eric quite rarely points out, King of the Rings hasn't haven't meant as much as they as much as they should do for a few years now. So the Billy Gunn winning it matters so much less than someone like the way that the big show won the wwf title but as i say that this do you know what there's some fucking shit this year like vince mcmahon won the title and then vacated it without getting beaten and we have dude this award was so tough like it's it's been bad really bad and that's like that's that's just if when i think about the wwf and wcw has been worse so oh yeah like (laughs) but I mean, <laughs> if you listen, if you listen to the uh, November WWF show, like it is just completely nonsensical how they handle everything about the Big Show title win. Like the the stuff that he's involved with with his like dad's funeral and it's like bad, cringy comedy mid card ridiculousness, and then like Austin gets hit by a car. They have an angle on the show that that happens in where Kane who is feuding with a member of DX his match gets thrown out because DX interfere and then the two other men from the freeway have a brawl after his match he is like actively involved in that story it's Kane he's been the champion before and they just fuck him off and bring the big show out and he wins the title like a week after his fucking dad's casket got dragged out like (laughs) it's just ridiculous but like again this is this is one of those things where like that is bad but you're right like in by the time mania rolls around is it going to matter probably not if austin comes back early next year with within the first three to four months of next year is any of that going to matter probably not the finger poke of doom 
um, matters in the sense of the, the the effect of that is is uh, has a much <laughs> The duration of the impact of that has lasted a lot longer than either the Big Show or Billy Gunn will. And obviously, when you get to Oklahoma and Russo, like things are just so much worse over in WCW. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking shit. Yeah. Hi. Why, why, why do we do this? <laughs> why, don't we could, don't ask him that question wrestling. now. You might, you might not like my answer. We could watch good like wrestling. That. There's been loads of it. Like, Wait, is, it, is, is this the last episode? I'm not sure. <laughs> Why things are going? I'm strongly considering it. Now. We're here for keeps, everybody, like it or not. Yeah, I mean, if things have been bad in WWF, but I can't in all good conscience, even though if, if this was the WWF end of year awards, the big show would get my vote 100%, but I can't in all good conscience vote for that, considering. Let's have your vote then, Chris. What are we going for? <sighs> Oklahoma. Chris Lacey. Because Russo is the one that made and came up with the idea of Oklahoma, he is guilty for it. So Russo as a whole and a concept is the wrong. Cool. The idea of Russo as a concept. That's oh, the wrong hole. I don't want to go down. It's great to mind that I would struggle with that. Dan Welling. Uh, Oklahoma. Eric. I kind of want to see if Chris changes his vote after this whole like concept of Russo thing got introduced. Because... I, I want to vote Oklahoma, but like I'm also all in on this concept of Russo thing. I think for the sake of this vote, I'll vote Oklahoma, but yeah, it's really secretly Russo. Should we just give it to the concept of Russo? Should we just make that decision? No, now? we really should. The concept. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is, okay, okay. I'm going to ask that question. <clears throat> Oklahoma is the concept of Russo. No. Everything Russo does wins this award. This is, <laughs> this is him trying to get one a pathetic one over the WWF, who he supposedly left on good terms with. And this, this is how he treats somebody he worked with for many years. In any other year, the finger poke of doom would have walked this. But here we are in the final and it doesn't get a single vote. That is the virulence that Russo in general and Oklahoma in particular have forced around the body-mind that is professional wrestling. Oklahoma wins this one, and is happy the right word? I don't know, but I'm happy to see it. Mark that one on the scoreboard. Right, one more for us before we take a break. Not you, everybody. You've got to stay with us all throughout. So, segment of the year, and quite tellingly, all of these are from the WWF. All five. We have what? Chris Jericho, five categories, yep. Nothing here even came close to running away with it. All Nobody watched close. Nitro on July 5th? Come on. Sorry. Not here, I'm afraid. Not in the list. That Bret Hart promo is not here. What is here? Chris Jericho's debut in August. Austin gets run over by a car at Survivor Series. <laughs> what? It's here. It's here. It got the points. Sorry, Chris. Rocks. Fucking Triple H Rock, is Rock, the star Rock, of the, the year. Side. No, Triple H is going to be on this category too. He must be. Um, Q, who's in charge here? <laughs> Rock, this is your life with mankind. The Austin beer bash just before WrestleMania. And Triple H attacks JR the day after SummerSlam to get himself a world title shot. Chris White, this company is your domain. Pick into any of these five. <laughs> What? Uh, after after a breath, I think you're gonna need it. The best thing that happened in the WWF this year was mankind 
winning the title on the 4th of January. But uh, Chris, I'm with, I'm with you. I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. But maybe, okay, that was, that was a match. But it's not the match, though, is it? It's, the, it's Austin coming out and stunning someone and him winning is the moment. And it was on Three, TV, so it was Three, a TV two, segment. He hit him with a chair. <laughs> Continue. Sorry, Chris. Go. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the, the Jericho thing was an entertaining segment, but I'm surprised it's made it onto this list, especially considering the impact Jericho's had so far, which hasn't been bad, but also he hasn't set the world alight so far, probably through no fault of his own. Um, this is your life again was a really really fun segment and kind of like mankind at his like wacky comedy best there's so many sides of Mick Foley and he's so good at so many different types of promo and the fact that he can lead a segment like that and him and the rock were just having it felt like the time of their lives like in the ring um just having a laugh and you can watch that segment and laugh along with it and that doesn't happen very often um especially with wwf comedy or just wrestling comedy in general which is so often the wrong side of the line when it comes to cringy or or just plain bad um i'm really surprised the triple h jr stuff's made it on here um just because i remember being a bit that, that i can't rem- quite remember like the way I thought they should have done it, but it was the week before SmackDown, right? Yes. Or something. That's right. The debut of SmackDown. And they, I felt at the time they missed a big opportunity from, they should have done what they did, but set up the match for the, the episode of SmackDown that was coming rather than how they did it. So I felt like it was more of a missed opportunity than ever, than anything. Uh, the beer bash again, just Austin and rock and Vince all at their best in terms of like um, a segment, like all three of them performing um, just the best that they can. Like they, the, the, the characters were also on point and um, just as a visual um, a really unique one rather than just like a, a segment with people talking on microphones you have Austin driving a, a beer van <laughs> into the ring and soaking everyone like that's a really unique moment um yeah it is hard um I don't actually know where I'm going to vote um here so I, I think I might like if someone can make a really good case for one of these they may sway me so the floor is you got is your guys I'm going to give Dan Welling that first the first dibs there. Come on in, Dan. Oh, right. Big shoes to fill. Um, I don't think Jericho's seg like debut is is worthy because again, I would probably put other debuts ahead of him. The, the this is your live segment is just a little bit too long for my take. Mm. It does drag quite a bit. Although the the actual one liners and the stuff that's said is good. Again, it's just goes on a little bit too long. Could have used some editing. Um, I have no problem at all with the beer bash. I think it is hilarious. It's so much fun. It epitomizes what makes WWF so much fun to watch because it's the epitome of anything can happen. But I do think it was a bit of a retread of the Zamboni, um, just taken up to another level. Um, and again, no points of originality there. Um, and the Triple H JR, oh, that's so 1996. You know, things just move so hot. 
moved forward so much more in, in that time. Oh, just a bad heel beating up an announcer to get a title shot. Eh, whatever. We've got beer, we've got beer trucks, and we've got beer, 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 men being over by the cars. Come on, let's move on. So, the only, if the only quib, I, the criticism I can make of an angle is when it ha- on the location it happened and the time it happened, that gets my vote. I have no fault lines in the Austin getting run over by a car execution at all. Um, I, the only fault I can find was when it was when it happened. But in terms of an actual segment, I can't find anything wrong with it. I thought it was done perfectly. So that's why this gets my vote. It's your go, Eric. I understand now that Dan Welling endorses Big Show becoming world champion. <laughs> because he... Put well, his well. weight behind Austin getting run over by a car, which led to Big Show becoming world champion. I don't think that angle can win here because we don't know. Like he got hit by a car, and he obviously didn't because he got hit, and then he was in a completely different spot than where he would have been had he rolled off the car. It was horribly executed, awful. For a pre- I assume it was a pre-tape. And for a pre-tape, it might have been one of the worst pre-tapes the WWF has ever done. Oh, so in God. terms of like technical execution, as well as like we advertised a, a, a match and then we didn't deliver on it. And then the fact that it led to the big show winning the world title, I think it might have been like the worst segment of the year, one of them. But whatever. Um, I feel like I should always go second after Eric so I can actually rebut. That <laughs> <laughs> You, you as the, come back. As the come petitioner back. counselor, you are afforded rebuttal evidence here if the judge finds it appropriate, Roy. Um, <laughs> uh, but, Dan, I, I fully agree with you. The Rock, this is your live segment. Okay, it was entertaining. It was fine. But, like, fuck, it was so long. It just kept going. Like, wrap it up. Um, it was kind of a one. Are, are you guys over there familiar with the show Saturday Night Live? Yep. So so the, the thing about Saturday Night Live is great because if they, all their skits are like one joke skits. And if the joke is funny, like, oh, Chris Farley is a motivational speaker or Eddie Murphy is like a hood Mr. Rogers. Like, it's hilarious. But if the one joke is not funny, the whole segment dies. And, like, this is a one joke segment that was funny for a while, but, like, it just went on way too long. We, last year, at the end of the year awards talked about like the standard Austin, like awesome raw segment. And we were like, well, he does so often fills cars with concrete and drives Zambonis to the ring. And now he has a beer bat. It's like, it's the same thing in a different form over and over again. So I think Austin beer bash is like a, a, a reason why raw is good, but I don't think he can win segment of the year. I voted for triple H JR only because it was the first time that I ever believed triple H was anything more than like a Harley race wannabe. Um, <laughs> and like it led to like triple H winning world, ti- the world title and kind of like the last quarter of the year. So the Triple H chair, I think was kind of an important segment, even if we didn't like it. it, it, it moved the needle quite a bit, but for me, it's Jericho. And because like, this is segment of the year, this isn't like segment of the year. And then like what happened after, and then he got booked to job to China at the survivor series. Like this is segment of the year, like and Jericho's pop, just go back and watch that pop. And it was the, all that Y2K, Y2J countdown. And like, Everybody knew that Jericho was out of WCW, but I don't think it was really widely known that he was like 
like Y2J was Chris Jericho. And like the pop was huge and he interacts with the rock. who's the second biggest star in wrestling right now. Like I think if you just go back and watch that segment and that's the award segment of the year, Jericho like had it for a minute and then maybe he lost it. Maybe he'll get it back. I'm not sure, but he had it for like 10 minutes. And I think for that reason alone, like Jericho belongs on this list as a strong contender. Lacey, I might regret saying this, but throw some more paraffin on this particular fire. Well, <clears throat> This Is Your Life was good, but I have to concur with the general census. It did drag on. The Triple H JR thing was so memorable, I don't even remember it. That says everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Austin... And the beer truck is, as Eric's just said, the same shit we saw last year, just with a different vehicle. Yes, it's cool, but we've seen it. So it has to be breaking the walls down, the countdown to the millennium. And we've seen vignettes. We've seen ways people get introduced, but no one's been introduced that same way. The countdown clock just randomly appearing, the build up to it, the fact that, yes, dirt sheet readers knew it was Jericho. We knew that by the fact there was shines in the crowd saying Jericho. But to the lay normal person did not know that it was Jericho. It also showed Jericho at his best. Go back to the 1004 holds promo. It was Jericho was great. He he hung with The Rock. For your first night in, he hung with him. Yes, you know, he Rock got all his zingers in, but Jericho's the heel. You all massing knew, coming in, he had this elaborate entrance, this big promo wake up and sort of get to him being there. Yes, he got the pop, but he instantly was then placed as a heel. And you knew where he was, where he should be because of the fact it was against The Rock. Yes, well, it, you know, they could have. Lacey, yeah. let, me, let me just, like, go on with this. I don't mean to cut you off, but, like, the WWF is, like, a face promotion. So everything you're saying is, like, 100% correct and should have been expected the entire time. And this is why Jericho gets segment of the year. Because, yes, you know, Jericho, like the Dudleys, hasn't been used properly since being there. But... That introduction will be talked about for fucking years. So, official voting time. That's where we're going, Lacey. Yeah, Jericho debut? Yep. Dan? For originality and execution, Austin being run over by a car. Chris Wise? I think the Jericho debut will only be spoke about for years if stuff happens with his WWF career. Exactly. If not, if not, it will fall by the wayside in the same way that all of us completely dismiss how bad Billy Gunn winning the King of the Ring was, because it just doesn't matter. If, if Chris Jericho's career in the WWF doesn't go places, which, and it hasn't so far, then that segment will lose some of its impact. I'm going beer bash. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Big vote, Mr. Landstrom. Oh, Jericho. <laughs> I, gave, huge, I gave you the big build-up. 
Huge pop. Huge pop. Okay. I can now give my views now the votes are in. Jericho winning pop of the year. Well, maybe okay, there's something else that should have won pop of the year, but never mind. The Jericho pop. Is that the reason this one won, really? I don't yeah, think yeah. any people... As I thought his promo was great, extremely elaborate. Maybe too much so, perhaps. That's not what he wanted here for. I don't think it's really here for the Rock's rebuttal, either. I think it's the pop that ended up winning this. Is that a fair comment? Absolutely. It was the Sometimes. second greatest pop of the year. Yes, to, so the, to, the, to the greatest pop of the greatest pop masters of all time. Yeah. And hopefully Jericho. we'll get to talk about the first one a bit later on. Hint, hint. And from best segment to worst show. And again, in chronological order, WrestleMania 15 makes it, as does King of the Ring 99. And the final two, Mayhem and Starcade. Dan Welling, go first. Uh, this, this year, right off the bat, is probably the worst year for pay-per-views across the entire board. I mean, we've had... contenders that missed out, I thought would be here, and they're not. We could have had yeah, 20, I mean, would have been viable. Yeah, Royal Rumble is easily one of the worst of the year. Survivor Series is one of the worst of the year. Like, I, when do we start saying that Starcade traditionally sucks? Because that's three times in the year now that we've got Starcade on this year-end list for the worst show of the year. Of the run think, of the podcast, I think it's every year but '96. No, I think it missed out. '95 was a good show. '94, it was definitely in here. Right okay, '95, yeah, '95. Yeah. '95 was a good one. This is disgraceful. Like, I'm not going to talk about Starcade, but this is disgraceful that the biggest show of a company's year is that bad so often. Now, that's a discussion of another time, but this is ridiculous. But anyway, the show that I would nominate here, I mean, the same principle, but I still think WrestleMania was worse because not only has it got the official worst match of the year, we've got arguably the worst match of the year in Sable Tory. We've got just bookings, decisions that... Again, the concept of Russo strikes again. WrestleMania is meant to be the pinnacle and conclusion to all of the WrestleMania of the WWF's main storylines. Well, at least or some of them. And this felt just so haphazardly thrown together. Like things changed, like week, you know, two weeks on the fly to get matches on the card, and none of it mattered. Like, just, you know, take away all the terrible quality matches, but it did not feel like a WrestleMania in any way, shape, or form. Dan, it's are, just... you, are you forgetting the but- gun butterbean match? Oh, Jesus Christ! That, that's not. <laughs> I mean, that, that that did have seven lumps of build, to be fair. So... <laughs> but yeah, I think to Dude me, of I the think... year. <laughs> yeah, WrestleMania oh, for me has the ultimate crime of. If it was more like a bigger show than 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 Starcade, a little bit towards me, probably because of my bias towards that product, but. This was like compared to last year's WrestleMania. This just felt like another show, and it had terrible wrestling. But the majority of it, which just makes it a, an easy nomination for me. Chris White, I'm still not sure how you, Eric, and I made it through our WrestleMania 15 <laughs> show back in March. In fact, I'm still not convinced that we actually did. <laughs> Somehow we lived to tell the tale. Uh, King of the Ring was your topic here, but uh, take that and WrestleMania if you dare mention it. Maybe, maybe you've just blanked it out, and I'd understand if you did. I have tried desperately to blank WrestleMania out of my mind as the years uh, has progressed, and I think it's one of those things where I. It, again, it's probably just personal bias, but I expect more from my WrestleMania. Like it, it probably, if 
all being equal and you strip the names of all the pay-per-views and just watch them for what they were, it's probably not the worst show of the year, but it is because it's WrestleMania and it hasn't, it, 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 you cannot justify WrestleMania being that bad. Like, uh, King of the Ring, again, it's one of those things, like, the reason King of the Ring sucks is, like, there's stuff we've spoken about, like, Billy Gunn won King of the Ring, but it's already irrelevant. But the fact that WrestleMania in 1999 was that bad is something that will live forever effectively within like wwf canon and it is it's it's sort of a victim of its own name really and that's that's the reason it will win this award if well i will vote for it for this award is because it's a wrestlemania and it it should always be held to a higher standard than your typical month-to-month pay-per-view show um and it under under delivered so drastically that it was borderline offensive and just just again to compare it to starcade starcade had benoit versus jarrett in a ladder match which was excellent nothing like that came close to being on wrestlemania uh, Chris Lacey, over to you. Um, you hadn't been on a WCW show since January 1995. You joined us for one in November of this year, and look what's happened. Yeah, that was a good show. <laughs> Fucking mayhem was. So, one of my things is you you can have you know a screwy finish every so often, but mayhem mayhem had every fucking match had a screwy finish. But it wasn't the worst. Then I watched Starcade. And even more so, other than the ladder match, everything had a fucking screwy finish. So much so that your world title match, your big fucking show, is dealt with by Piper literally coming out, going, yeah, he's in the sharpshooter, fine, and then giving him the belt and walking off. It is the most offensive show I have seen. And I've watched fucking Heroes of Wrestling. I would rather watch that shit again than fucking Starcade. That's how bad Starcade is. It can be arranged. And I should say, if you really want to hear just how bad Starcade is, tune in to hear me and Lacey discuss it on our WCW show, which you can find on your podcast player of choice. Uh, who hasn't gone yet? Uh, Eric, this list, please. What, yeah. Your thoughts. Before I go into this, are we act, are we gonna carve out a couple minutes to talk about the actual worst show of the year? Go on then. <laughs> so, uh, so in keeping with canon in the WWF, WCW, ECW rigid format of this show, the confining like fleece sweater format of this show, <laughs> um, mayhem was not so bad compared to Starcade. <laughs> and watch Mayhem. And uh and I watched Starcade uh recently and it was disappointing, we'll say. Here's the thing. At this point, do any of us expect WCW to not under deliver in some tremendous degree? I'm afraid not. None of you need to answer. The answer is yeah, we just... expect WCW just to just completely poop the bed every and I time. I do it every month. Right, you do. And I've been on Case a study. number of those shows. Yes. 
the 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 official worst show of the year is WrestleMania 15 because you have the hottest company in the history of wrestling with the hottest star in the history of wrestling and go back and listen to that show and I'm not convinced we're not still recording it it's I've never felt more ashamed at the end of a show for my lack of ability <laughs> like contribute meaningfully to a program than WrestleMania 15. I legitimately thought that Rory was going to email me after WrestleMania 15 taping and be like, look, your WrestleMania 15 performance was just, we're just done. We're just going to move on. Like, here's your conditional release, but like, we're just going to, we're going to cut ties. I was expecting that because WrestleMania 15 was, I had nothing to say about it. I, every match was just, oh, this match was bad. Oh, this match was bad. Oh, this match is bad. And then, like, we get to the last, like, 24 minutes of the show, and there's Jim Ross, and there's Rockin' Austin trying to resurrect in the last, like, fleeting moments of a show that had no business ever airing some some sort of credibility. So I guess WrestleMania 15 is the worst match because, like, or is the, is the worst show because although it had one of the better matches of the year, it... it it was the show that I tell you, listener, almost killed the podcast. It did. Um, we had nothing to say about it, and we all just kept making guttural like noises because we couldn't form words to describe what we were watching. I say all that to say, like the worst show of the year is Heroes of Wrestling Paper. <laughs> and, and if you weren't privy to that, if you didn't convince your dad to drop twenty four ninety five because you're a fucking huge Yokozuna fan and you really need to know what he's up to right now, like <clears throat> I'm paying that debt back for the rest of my life with interest. So okay. WrestleMania 15 was the worst canon show of the year, but Heroes of Wrestling was the worst show of the year. Don't the Heroes, do not of, Heroes of Wrestling is funny. It, it's shit, but there are bits of it which are ju- they're just fucking funny, and I will take funny over boring. You know, yes, the fucking main event is just a sight to behold of why is someone that fucked up on coke in a ring? That bushwhackers which and sheep. Which, <laughs> which person? You need to be like way more specific. Alright. Jake should not have been in that level of state. But there was some decent matches on there. You had Scorpio on there. What? You had... what? It, it was watchable. <laughs> Whereas fucking Starcade is not. Even even a fucking, fucking awesome ladder match cannot make up for the rest of that three hours of shit. Oh, man. Eric, you're killing me. I feel like I should add a postscript to heroes of wrestling or maybe an open parenthesis if you like maybe we will do it one day i've watched this space and i don't know about 20 years or something we'll brave heroes of wrestling it was outside of our canon so we didn't look at it it doesn't count but it should count it's the winner in our hearts let's vote for worst show based on what we've got then eric your worst show of the year oh my god it's wrestlemania 15 mr christopher white wrestlemania 15 mr lacy Starcade. Hey. Once again, Dan, it falls to you. The granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania 15. Yep. I should just say that um, Scott Hudson actually called Starcade the granddaddy of them all during that event. I'm not sure that's an epithet they particularly want. Yeah. Uh, WrestleMania 15, 
very nearly killed this podcast. I was speaking in tongues by the end of it, blathering something semi-demi-coherently about Led Zeppelin's appearance at Live Aid. That's how bad WrestleMania 15 was. I'm very glad I won this. It motherfucking sucked. Let's move on. Top up the scores. Right. What have we got? Uh, This one need not detain us too long. I feel like we've discussed these people in extremists for the last two years almost. It's talk of the year. We'll rush through this one. We've got Brock. We've got Austin. We've got Vince. We do not have Joel Gertner. Chris Lacey, bash through these for us. Mm. I'm sorry. I, I just can't. There's no Gertner. There's no Dudleys. There's no Talker. It's not good enough. So on that, you're, you're it has left to be the with rock. Poor pawns like Rock, Austin, and Vince. Oh no. <laughs> it upsets me greatly. So it could. It does have to be the Rock. Oh, we're voting already. Um, Dan, give us a quick press here on all of these and give us a vote. Yeah, why not? Uh, the Rock is probably the most rock star talker we have got in wrestling this decade. Like he is the epitome of when he talks, everyone shuts up and listens, and he literally brings people into the building. However, in my opinion, he has got one incredible style, a la ACDC. But I like a bit more variety in my promo, and Vince McMahon this year, in my opinion, has brought variety in spades with him being a face with him being a comedy heel with the training him being the medical megalomaniac with the higher power him being corporate stooge um yeah vincent man just brings the variety that i love in my promos so i'm gonna go with vincent man that's a vote for vince uh chris white in wwf centric take all of these and give us a quick vote yeah i i really agree with Dan, I mean, it's and before I start on the the three, I mean, always a little nod towards Mick Foley from me because he 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 always deserves a nod for this category because if he's around, he will have cut a good promo because that's just what he does. Um, Yeah, I feel like um, the way to separate our three nominees is basically versatility um, because they're all consistent. They all know how to play to the crowd. Obviously, I was going to say as a face or as a heel, but obviously not Austin as a heel. But, um, but I mean, the Rock started this year as the the corporate WWF champion, and then he's a beloved baby face with all his catchphrases. But he 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 has less variety than Vince McMahon, and I said it earlier. But even if the segment is shit, Vince is still great. Um, even if the booking is bad, Vince his performance um it doesn't overcome necessarily bad booking but it can uh save a segment uh, such as like the reveal of the higher power nonsensical um and stupid but ultimately vince was amazing um and that is why i will vote for vince mcmahon nice that's one rock no austin to vince eric bash through the runners and riders then let's have your pick yeah, I'm disappointed at the omissions here. Um, mm. I don't. I think Rock, Austin, and Vince are all kind of the same. Like, I here's a microphone. Go out and deliver a tremendous promo. I don't know that any of us would be as worried or. I, I think we would all think that they're all going to go out and deliver like a eight out of ten promo at a bare minimum. <sighs> this is really tough. I think Austin, I just think that like the Rock and Vince, like 
I don't know. I think Austin for me. Uh, that's my vote, Austin. Uh, which means and Joel and Joel Gertner, but Austin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was really hoping Joel would make it this time, but no dice. So Vince actually takes this one. I'll just add that to the score. Whilst I never really thought about the Rock ACDC comparison. Hell's Bells, I was thinking, when Dan told me that one. Yes, that's the best I could do in this short time, dear listener. Um, I still think The Rock's promos have been probably the main reason for his ascent and why he is now, if not well, knocking at the door, is putting it mildly. His eyes and nose are poking around the corner and it's his for the taking next year. Maybe talk about it again a bit later. But his talking is a major part of that. Vince's babyface promos let him down, I think. And Austin seemed like a bit of a sympathy fight. But Vince has got it. Again, is it a bit, he's done this before, kind of a sop sort of when Bonzi won non-wrestler of the year in 95 and 96. I don't have an issue with Vince winning necessarily. And this is democracy. I have to accept the decision. But I'm just thinking out loud, I'm not getting bored of Vince McMahon. I think that's impossible. But Maybe it is time for a change. And where things are going character-wise, I'm interested. And if anybody can, it's up to him. But I think he needs to. And needs to fast if he wants to be in this category again next year. It's the Wahoo Award for Unbearable Shitness, as curated by Mr. Chris Lacey. Chris, for anybody listening for the first time this year, tell us the etymology of this one. So, on a previous excursion into old-school WCW... I had to live with 1983 Wahoo McDaniel, who is the single worst thing to ever happen to wrestling and life in general. And as such, everything is rated to a level of Wahoo level of shitness. But after the past couple of months, it may have to be called the Wahoo Rusev Award for unbearable level of shitness. Not that I'm giving away my pick. Or somebody else. Let's just see who's in the list, shall we? So, the Wahoo Award for Unbearable Shitness. We have Kevin Nash. Oh, rubs hands with glee. Vince Russo. The WWF Women's Division slash Treatments of Women in General. And Midian. Oh, the fun, <laughs> the <laughs> fun yes, we are yes, going yes, to have. Yes, 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 uh, Listen to the yes. guy. Eric, I've got to come to you first now. Come on. Fill okay. your boots. I'm Midian, so make it. I'm so excited that Midian made this. Who else voted for Midian? Let me hear it. Who was it? Uh, I, can't, I, I, I can't let you into those secrets. Oh, but it was all oh. above board. It was all above we've board. All, we, we've already divulged voting on this confidential like ballot. So I, I'm, I might have helped Midian into the list. But again, I'm lodging an, an, official, an official impeachment uh, investigation as well as voted Midian. Okay, here's the thing. I voted in, in my ballot. I, I tried to think of like, okay – Who's the actual like worst wrestler? And then who is like the most offensive person on a wrestling match? And then like who's the most like like who's the worst person who actually tries to wrestle? And like Midian is the worst person who actually like, tries to wrestle. Um he he's just so bad, like in every match that he participates in. Like every match that he's in is just worse because he's in it. And he tries really, really hard, and I guess he was better as a member of the Godwins, but, like, it turns out Henry O. Godwin uh, was, Mark Canterbury was, like, a pretty good wrestler, so, like, Midian slash, like, Dennis Knight slash, like, 
Phineas I. Godwin is just a really bad, like, actual wrestling competitor. Um, uh, the other... I guess I'm just going to hitch my wagon to the WWE Women's Division because I voted for the Fabulous Moolah. And I think, like, if you're, like, the WWE Women's Champion for a significant period of time in the year, you're eligible for this list. But I also Mm -hmm. understand, like, Sable and Tori, who's from my beloved Portland, Oregon, and Mae Young and and, and Nicole Bat, Like, basically everybody affiliated with this division except for China, who... All credit to WWE, uh, WWF was not like affiliated with the women's division. So, like everybody who was affiliated with the women's division in 1999 was really bad, and, and I think it all culminated at, like that. Uh, that well, it was the pool. It was a pool. What was it, Rory? It was a pool party or like the women's Armaged- evening gown match in a pool. Women's evening match ga- uh, in a pool. <sighs> Like, how can that not be nominated for something? Um, and then Russo just like, yeah, I, obviously it belongs there. So I think like there's no bad options here. There's This was a really tough year for the Wahoo. I had about 10 people on this list and had to whittle it down to get it to something respectable to send to Rory to tabulate the votes. So, yeah, I have no I have no complaints with anybody on this list. Really, this is just a fabulous list. We should have three winners for 1999. All extremely worded. Chris White, it was the tag team division that got your ire last year. It's another one this year of a WWF. And again, I can't really argue with you. Yeah, so 28th of March. Fucking, what did we have? We had the Sable Tory match at WrestleMania. Then we get to the 17th of October, No Mercy. The match that I know Eric agrees <laughs> well, Eric voted for the worst match of the year, and uh, Moolah yes. and Ivory, and then Survivor Series, I've already mentioned, November 14th, when I thought we were going to have a 7-4 match with Deborah, Moolah, May, Tory, Ivory, Jacqueline. That holds your days and nights, doesn't it, doesn't it, Whitey? The fear <laughs> as that match. And Chris, I've, I've never been happier for you, personally, than <laughs> listening to that show. When you realize it was a one-fall match, and we've we've given Russo a good kick in. He he the, the concept of Russo has already been established as something unbearably shit and won award for its trouble. Um, we haven't given enough credit to the WWF for how unbearably shit the booking of the WWF women's title and all of the women involved in the company basically except china has been this year consistently throughout the year um even before uh moolah and may popped back up the like eric again i'm coming to you but yeah, the women's yeah it was WrestleMania, all bad it was, all bad. It was no, all bad all the time a singular good thing happened in the women's division this year zero it for me, I, d- I don't know if this is just like uh, sort of bias based on recency, but uh, it's it the the women's division has been worse this year than the tag division was last. And oh, <laughs> the women's division in the WWF this year has been worse than like the uh, everything in WCW. 
And that is why the women, well, the women don't deserve the Wahoo Award, but the booking of the women does. Gonna know that, Dan. Do what nobody else has been able to do, despite their best efforts. I'm going to book you to take down Kevin Nash, and he can say nothing else about it. Yeah, that blonde bastard has really been tearing up a new one really this year because I don't know whether it's because he has been the booker of this of this promotion this year and he has still been this demotivated this unenfused about putting himself you know and the company's best foot forward I, I I don't know whether I have too much pride in my job but if I was the the booker of a wrestling promotion and also one of the biggest talents of that promotion I would be doing all I could to being the best like a possibly can be and i know wcw is difficult to manage internally with all the egos that fly around it but i like try just try and in his matches he still doesn't care in his booking he still doesn't care like his his treatment of the cruiser rates his treatment of of the the mexican wrestlers in particular are just abhorrent the fact that he still operates in a very kind of old school, you know, refusal to, to back, you know, refusal to put new names over and, and his constant putting over his friends. The fact that he had, it's the same match over and over again. It's the, you know, it's the big boot. It's the leaning leg, the framing elbow, which takes five minutes every single match. It's the side slam followed by the jackknife, the end. It's so predictable. And this is why I, I really despise WCW in the first nine months of the year. Even if they did produce some good TV and some good matches, it's the same thing we've been watching for three years, but with older guys still in the top of the promotion. And who was responsible for that? It was Kevin Nash. I completely agree with everything that Chris and Eric have said about the WF's women's division. But ultimately, if we're talking about something that has been the, the most damaging effect on a company, I still think that that Mr. Russo and Mr. Nash are much more prevalent in how shit they have been this year. Um, like, it's just the whole concept of Nash should be doing much better than he is. Like, I can't, I can't stand laziness. I can't stand laziness in wrestling. And Kevin Nash is the epitome of people who are in the position of power and don't care about the fact that they are in that position of power. And without wanting to lead anybody either way, Kevin Nash isn't funny either. He's not funny. Does anybody other than Kevin Nash think he's funny? I think even uh, Scott Hall Scott in an Hall. unguarded moment, should such a thing exist, doesn't think so. Uh, he, Kevin Nash he, is not funny. He's only good when he's getting rolled by Brett in a, in a small package. <laughs> Motherfucker. Uh, Chris, you're the reason this award exists, so knock yourself out. So... Yes, the WF's treatment of women has been shit. But over the course of the year, if you add up all of their screen time, two, three hours at the most, Russo has put us through 23 hours in a month of clusterfuck bullshit where he has his own <laughs> fucking ego on the screen every fucking two segments. It's his idea to have fucking Oklahoma. It's his idea to put shit on a pole. Have a fucking... Oh, look, we've got some Mexican luchadors. Let's put a fucking piñata on a pole. 
let's just hand the belt to Brett. Oh, it's a, a make-do for the screw job. He's a cunt. He is a grade-A cunt. <laughs> he is the worst thing in the existence of fucking wrestling. One episode of Nitro was harder to get through than Heroes of Wrestling because it's so fucking crazy throwing as much shit at the wall as humanly possible and none of it fucking sticks he is a cunt and if he doesn't win this you're all going to hell (laughs) the women the women have had as i said about three hours over the course of the year that's less than one episode of fucking nitro and russo is on the screen more than that he is a cunt and deserves to die you're all going to hell. That's future tense. That implies we're heading there at some point in the future, Mr. Lacey. Now, l- looking at what's lapping around our ankles right now, I'd say I made that journey a while ago. Just quickly on this one, I don't want to stay on too long on this one because we've got some good stuff to talk about. But Russo, so many come to you this one on Lacey. Uh, Russo here in the Wahoo Award. Are you including his WWF stuff in here as well? Yeah, because he shouldn't that be considered? Yeah, that's and- sucked. And and look at what he's done in the Fed. The majority of it's been shit. You've had shit treatment of the women. Guess that was probably Russo. Well, well had, that, so that, going ramped up, that ramped up a lot. Yeah, last three months of the year. That, that's been at its I'll worst with him gone. Yep, I agree, Chris. You know, every you look at a lot of the shit that's been in the Fed is down to Russo. And now that he's in full control, you're seeing how shit he is at least in the fed vince vinnie mac had enough control on the top side of it for at least the top shit to be you know reasonable the undercard has been boring and shit for ages and even last year a lot of it was fucking pointless and that's him that's his fucking stink on everything he is the worst of humankind and deserves to die Chris Lacey, get off the fence and tell me who you're voting for in the Wahoo Award. In a surprise to no one, bro, it's Shithead Russo. Dan. Uh, Concept of Russo. (laughs) Who's going to write that book? Chris White. I'm I'm voting for the women purely because this is an award for the year. And I feel like across the year, it was more consistently shit. Whereas the Russo stuff has really ramped up in the last couple of months. And... Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, women. Eric, you might be on form today, but I'm afraid I've got to shine the white light in your face. I came into this like 100% the WWF women, the Fabulous Moolah, and like, it is so, uh, so offensive. And they turned, I, okay. They turned Ivory, who was a glow girl, into, like, nothing. And they turned Tori, who's from my neighborhood and is awesome, into nothing. And I, I, I should really, really want to vote the WWF Women's Division. But, like, fucking Lacey has convinced me that it's, that's all Russo. It's all Russo. 100% Russo. I'm voting Russo. Okay, so who's going to write the book? Come on. I want to. I want to volunteer. It's me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna write the book. But Lacey's gonna help big time. 
Um, I'll, I'll write the foreword. Do not read this. <laughs> well, I think I think we all know, if, 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 if Lacey writes the epilogue, I think we all know what the final four words are going to be. He yeah, and filling the gaps yourself. Yeah, fuck okay. this fucking cunt over the last <laughs> four words. <laughs> Let's bring it home with something. I should say, women's division very fortunate or unfortunate not to win this award, in my opinion. If I had voted, I would have given it to that. Oh my anyway. god, if Vince Russo didn't exist, this women's division would take it home flying colors i suppose we can involve him in that because he did have some say in it but as chris white rightly says the last three months have been genuinely offensive anyway let's talk good stuff to bring us home best show uh, in no particular order this time four cats uh, four nominations they are living dangerously they are heatwave they are SummerSlam, and they are backlash chris white open us up this is one of those awards where as like the WWF corner, like I come into it and I'm just like, there's no fucking point in me trying to argue that SummerSlam <laughs> is the show of the year. <laughs> like there's there's absolutely no fucking point. Did you give it like six out of ten? I mean, that's where we are, I think. Yeah, and I fucking voted for it as the show of the year because <laughs> said it was your number one pick. Is fucking love it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was the best WWF show of the year, and like. I've got, I've got to vote for a WWF show. I can't watch 12 months of pay-per-view and be like, do you know what? It was all rubbish. My life is pointless. Like, I can't do that to myself. <laughs> it's a cathartic experience to put SummerSlam on the list. I put No Mercy on the list, and then I fucking watched the women's match again. I was like, oh, my God. Why did I vote for this show? <laughs> it's basically on there because of the ladder match. That's basically it. Uh, I SummerSlam had... Some good Chris, stuff. Don't even try, Chris. Let's move on. <laughs> Chris is done. <laughs> have, have fun deciding on the good ECW shows. The August. Don't even bother. I drop. What, what, what a waste of breath. Why did I even bring you into this, White? You for goodness sake. <laughs> so, here's the thing. Uh, like, yeah, go, yeah, go on, go on, Eric. Did Spring Stampede get any votes? Uh, Spring Stampede got, uh, got no votes. No, not a single vote. I voted for it. Did you? None, none, none of you went to it. It was uh, it was pretty intense, and like in the moment, DDP winning the world title and all that. Like uh, Springsteen was like pretty good. Here's the thing, like living dangerously, it had no well, <laughs> it had none of your all consensus like best match of the year, but it did have one of the best matches of the year on it. And, and I, I just think, like, if you look at a show and, and your consensus for, like, watching a show is, like, for three hours I'm going to be con- uh, consecutively entertained, Living Dangerously is, like, that show. And I, I don't think it's going to win this award, but I think, like, we all need to go back and watch Living Dangerously in the in the pantheon of, like, ECW and, like, God forbid, all of the three major wrestling shows uh pay-per-views for the year and living dangerously like stands out as like a show where it's like oh wow every match was really good and the show was enjoyable to watch and and nobody could come away from the show offended SummerSlam was fine the build-up to the main event was really bad really really bad like wahoo levels really bad and and it, it, if you want to watch that show and and think oh it's fine like just watch the build-up Backlash was also the same, but like Backlash is like, oh, we were sorry for WrestleMania, 
like here's backlash like an apology show should not win match or should not win show of the year so i think like living dangerously like comes through with everything like good matches good storylines good everything and like ecw really was the only uh brand this year that really like delivered on its promises in terms of like we're going to deliver a show it's going to be fucking good and living dangerously was fucking good springsteen people was fine uh summerslam was fine backlash was fine but living dangerously was like really really good Chris Lacey, jump on the back of that, as I'm sure you'll be very happy to do. So, Living Dangerously, I had, I've got the card up. It opened with a a staple of ECW this year, Super Crazy versus Tajiri. Then you had Balls versus the King of Old School, Steve Carino, Guido and Artifa. With the best spot of the year in that Balls versus Carino match, by the way. Yeah. Best spot of the year, 100%. And then then you had RVD versus Jerry Lynn which we all know how great they are. New Jack and Mustafa for your hardcore. Then Sid and Spike versus the Dudleys, and the Dudleys were on top formats always in the promo before the match. Shane and Tommy versus the Impact Players, which was a fucking another awesome match. And then the main event was Taz and Sabu, ECW, FTW unification match, which was a fucking classic. Show, top to bottom, was absolutely fucking awesome. And then we also had Heatwave, which again, from top to bottom, Chetty and Nova Doring and Roadkill. Jazz beating up Jason, which who doesn't like watching Jason get his ass kicked? Super Crazy and Guido. Balls and Axel, or Spike and Balls versus the Dudleys. Francine beating Steve Carino. Taz versus Tajiri. And then, oh, RBD teaming with Jerry Lynn going against the Impact players. Again, a fucking stellar show. It is a cigarette paper between these two on which one should be show of the year. Heatwave has a riot started by Bubba Dudley. But Living Danger Easy is that little bit better, but it doesn't have Bubba on top form. Remind me, what was the spot of the year, Eric? The spot of the year? Yeah, didn't Isn't you say there was a spot? Surely when uh, oh, 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 oh yeah Carino is so, 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 whack so, yeah. yeah Steve Carino is like this like 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 W like Bob Backlund in nineteen seventy eight and he go he grabs a chair and he goes to whack balls with it and he sets up the chair and grabs a headlock. It's so Oh good. yes I remember. It's yeah. so fucking good, dude. Yeah, it's all come back to me now and rightly so. Thank you for reminding me of that one. That was great. Dan, this category. I am so happy Backlash has got onto this list because I got such a pelting from Bob Colling about my love for that show. <laughs> oh, that was fun. And yet I didn't even nominate for it. So that's how happy I am about that one. Um, Some of some, I have absolutely no, re- I have no idea how that got on this guy. Oh, but, it's awful. It's awful. Uh, it is all between ECW for me as well. Um, But to me, I think Living Dangerously is actually quite a little bit more ahead than, than Chris Lacey says about from Heatwave. For me, Heatwave has got a couple of issues. One is that it's it's got my classic pet hate of being main evented by a tag match. Stop doing that, please. 
two is that I still think there's too much other stuff happening in that film. I know the Bubba Dudley inciting a riot is an amazing moment in itself, but when it's part of it being a lot of other talking segments, I just don't think there's enough actual wrestling in there in a three-hour show. And plus, Living Dangerously not only has the best spot of all time in there with Steve Green and Boris Mahoney, but also it has Rob Van Dam and Geraldine tearing it up in that match. It is an absolute classic and nothing on all the other shows have a match that good on it so for me living dangerously is the show of the year although i must admit it has not been a stellar year for overall show quality oh that's a hundred percent definitely not i don't think there's a great pay-per-view in this list i don't think there's been a great pay-per-view this year however we are left with what we are left with Chris White, should I just mark it up as SummerSlam and move on? Can you mark uh, me up as did not vote? <laughs> I think I might spoil my ballot. As the Sp- WWF representative. They get, spoiled papers get counted at the end as well. Yeah, Chris White is left on an island this year. Yeah. He just wrote PR now in crayon at the top of the screen. Um, Dan Welling, what have we got? Living Dangerously. Eric, what have we got? Living Dangerously. And Chris, well, this this saves you, Mr. Lace. You were having a bit of a crisis there, but fuck it, I'm giving it living dangerously. There we go. Yes, dangerously takes it. Probably fair on the balance and swing of things, but it's not been a vintage year for pay per view. Everybody, let's be honest. I shall just mark this on the scoreboard. Bear with me just a moment. Hey, final scoreboard looking very interesting with three categories to go. You thought it might be cut and dried, but not so. Okay, match of the year. Oh, boo. This one's going to tear it up. You boo. Ain't heard, you ain't heard nothing yet in the previous I'm count. already upset. I'm already upset. Be ready for it to go off. These are the five matches, all fairly done above board. I checked it twice, three times, four times. Made a list. You're checking it twice, whatever, to keep it seasonal. Five matches in this list, everybody. Here we go. In no particular order, we have... Edge and Christian versus the Hardys in the tit match at No Mercy 99. <laughs> we have, it's still as funny as it was the first time. We have Bret Hart versus Chris Benoit from Nitro in October. We have one RVD Jerry Lynn entry, and that's the match from Hardcore Heaven. God damn it! And I'm amazed by this. At least it gives us an opportunity. Now, Michael has to the mask to talk about Mankind versus The Rock from Raw at the start of this year. And Chris White, again, I've got to start with you. You helped this one into the list. Rock versus Mankind, I quit from the Royal Rumble. Look, okay. Much like my opinions on The Undertaker and Mankind in the Heaven in a Cell match last year, this match deserves the nomination for being the WWF sort of spectacle match. It's a unique... The, the, the way that match was done took things to a level that WWF main events haven't taken since. And to be honest, I, I think we're all pretty unanimous in hoping that they don't go that far again. Like, it was it was different and over the top and too far... But that made it a spectacle, and that is why I nominated it. It wouldn't be my pick. Um, my favourite match of the year 
is Edge and Christian and the Hardys in the ladder match at No Mercy. That was by far my favourite match, and the match that was so cathartic for me as the guy who nominated the tag division as the shittest thing to just be like, we f- we fucking made it, guys. Like, we did it. It's not... It, we, we're there now. And uh, that that's my favourite match. And then Rock Mankind on the 4th of January on Raw has probably the best moment of the year. Like, Mankind winning the title and JR's call... Uh, no, the fucking hell. Michael it's Cole's Ma- call. Michael Cole's call. Jesus Christ. Credit yeah. where it's due, as hard as Michael it might be. Michael Cole's call is it, uh, he will never do anything in his career <laughs> as good <laughs> as that. Safely say that. On on that night, and that is probably the best moment of the year, and it happened on the fucking fourth of January. Um, yeah. So I, I think spectacle, sort of unique, different, stand out. The Rumble match needed a nod. Rock Mankind from Raw had the best moment as a result of the match, a match. But the best match for me, you may as well take my vote now, is that No Mercy ladder match. Somebody chime in on Brett versus Benoit. Ooh, right here. So it was the best work wrestling match of the year. Like these two guys went in and said, we're going to work a match for 25 minutes to fill out TV. And they did a good job. The match was really good. It was just kind of boring for 1999 standards. And I think, like, it's the first great Bret Hart match since, like, maybe the... um, the the Calgary pay-per-view, right? Canadian Stampede. Right. So yeah. he, people were looking for it. I think it was just like it it was one small shining star that deserved to be on WCW's list this year. Because like they actually tried to trot out like a decent wrestling match this this year in the in the avarice of a bunch of really bad stuff. So I feel like it deserved to be on this list. Um, anybody? RVD Linda Hardcore Heaven match <laughs> making it over the living dangerously one. So that one the, gave me a bit of a jolt. So Can I come, hard, go ahead, Chris, and then I'll come back on this. Yeah, so the Hardcore Heaven one is the time limit one where they have the – they'll go the extra five minutes. And it was – that's it the living was... dangerously match. Is the heart is the time limit? Yep. The living dangerously match is the time limit. Oh shit! I put the wrong one then. Yep. Yes, oh, you did. You can't. So if you mark the box, mark the box. I thought you can't go back. Vote. This is the match of the year. Living dangerously. Living dangerously. I'm yes. telling you. Vote, Sorry. vote, Ooh. vote with your heart, not your head. I'm telling you. Like fuck, we voted the wrong match here. Yes, it was. I I thought I leave you alone. Talk about the living dangerously match all you like, but it ain't gonna win now. So, I'm not I'm not changing the rules for anybody. God damn it! This is the best. If they're not I can enforce them. So can I. The thing is, I would have voted for that as well. Let alone the ECW boys, I would have voted for that if it came up. Yeah, living dangerously is the match of the year, not hardcore heaven. Y'all got to because I, I should say everybody when I gave the people this the list, I let them know the worst and best matches beforehand, so they'd be fresh in everybody's mind. I went back to my 
hardcore heaven tape rewound it found rbd lynn in the middle of the show oh it's wouldn't wouldn't say i was blown away by it I, at the time no, i was like so boring but living out. dangerously match is so good can we all just vote on the record now spot, like spot, now, spot. now that this has been vote for anyway See, we no. all know that I've done Chris the wrong Dan one. Vote. Chris and Dan, vote. Let's go. But I have to say, rewatching the Brett and Benoit match, the the occasion makes that. Yes, it's a old school, lots of holds t- match. But the fact of where it was and what it, what it was for and what it meant. I actually, it hurts me to do this to go against my boy. So well, so Vince Russo booked the match of the year. Is that what no, you're telling me? No, because this before it wasn't Nothing, quite there. It was two, nice try, White. Two two weeks, two weeks out. Fuck. <laughs> it's actually Brett and Benoit's my choice. Dan, you've got a lot of talking to do to catch up with all of these reprobates. Come on. Right. Okay. So. The match is on the list. Let's go. Yes, on the list. On the list. There is no... Like, again, as Chris White has said, the moments of the year is definitely the pop of Austin coming out to, to help win Mankind the belt. And obviously Mankind just having the most jubilant celebration of all time winning a WWE title. I can't agree with that. Moments of the year right there. Not the match of the year, unfortunately, because just, again, it's just a single, you know, two and a half star, three star match on Raw. And I've already said my piece about the problems I have with the I Quit match. So it's definitely not going to be those ones. And also the problems I have with Harcourt Heaven. Because I clearly can see Jerry Lynn concussed in that match. He takes a horrible bump out to the concrete and hits his head. And he's no, and he's not there for like the majority of the match. And yeah, I assumed that the kings of ECW had clearly saw something in that different to me. And I was like, oh, okay. Some of us had. Stop it. Like, some of us had. Like, come on. It's a living dangerously match, 100%. But unfortunately, if you tick the wrong box on the ballot paper, that's still your vote. I can't go back and and uh, can't go back and do retrospective. For me, yes. Yeah, so when you go break down Brett and Benoit versus the ladder match, uh, I I can equally vote for two of both of these. I think I love them both so much for different reasons. Edge and Christian and the Hardys is the spectacle that I adore. It's high spots that I adore. It's work with that I adore. It's two two young teams going out there and show stealing in the absolute best possible way. They did something that was completely unique that has never been done before on that scale and innovation. It's just, it's one of those matches like Sean and Ray and Razor five years ago that will be looked back on, I think, and go, wow, these guys really moved the bar here. I don't think anybody's done that this year. Like these two guys did, but Brett and Benoit is just, so emotional because it's it's the tribute to the one of the greatest wrestlers ever to have lived if, in actuality it's just both of them in, in tears when you're in the match and it's wrestled so bloody well it's just whether it has the level of star power and panache that the, the ladder match does whether it gets my vote or not but I, yeah I love both those matches to death so I really haven't got a clue how I'm going to do this well before the electoral commission get on my back about this, I'm going to hand back over to Eric Lanson for a vote. Mm. <laughs> this is really hard. So the the ladder match is like obviously it's just like a spot fest. I don't know how I feel about that one. Uh, 
the the mankind versus rock from the royal rumble it's it it's a disgusting display i don't think i can vote for that one so then i i actually staffed this with my like significant other and i was like okay watching these what do you think led to the most like significant uh developments in 1999 and the first thing was rock versus mankind from raw and it's like okay this match was it was an angle and it led to a whole bunch of stuff but it really was not a good match it was just austin getting a huge huge pop this was like the the number one pop of the year jericho's two i'm really really torn between rvd versus jerry lynn and 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 Brett versus Benoit, but the the RVD versus Jerry Lynn match, like winless category, was not the right match. So their their second match was super boring, and Jerry Lynn was concussed, and mm-hmm. it had no flow, and it was just kind of a clusterfuck. And only because motherfucking Dave Meltzer gave it a whole bunch of motherfucking stars, did anybody think it was worth anything? But their 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 first match was way way better. And and they they flowed with it and they they combated with one another and this would be my match of the year but it's not on the list and and so by the spirit of this rule I'm gonna give it to Brett versus Benoit because this match meant so much and they kept it in the ring for the most part and it was technical and Brett won and it it was just the last like really great wrestling match that occurred between. Then in the end of the year. So I'm going to give it to Brett versus Benoit because the wrong fucking Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Dam match made it to the finals here. The letter of the law, Eric. The letter of the law. Oh, who, Dan, God, you... Goddamn right. You goddamn right. <laughs> to the last. Dan, your vote. Ladder match. Oh, man. Makes it a tie. Oh, blimey, Charlie. Okay, so we've got a tie between uh, Edge and Christian and the Hardys. And Brett versus Benoit. Uh, two extremely different matches that took place just two weeks apart. Brett Benoit felt like the end of something. Even even if you take away the point. the end of Owen Hart. Indeed, indeed. Take away that point and see. And let's face it, you can't. You can't, of course you can't. It remains to be seen whether we're talking about whether they reach greater heights next year or not. But and how it's capitalised on, but Edge and Christian the Hardys feels like the start of something. Oh, All the ladder matches. We... Go on, I'm, I'm, I'm open to persuasion. Go on. Don't no, do come it. Come on. Oh, no, 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 first... no, no, no. You can't. You can't. No, no, no. no, 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 no. You fucked us last year and taken away RVD. First of all, you picked the wrong RVD Jerry Lynn match. This I, is the I, first, I, I Rory did no such thing. If you guys had voted travesty. properly, the second travesty is you're picking. <laughs> I, I have nothing to say. I have nothing more to say. If you wanted to that match to win, then you guys should have voted for it. Like on your shortlist, it should have been your number one pick, right? Some of us might have. <laughs> If you know the hey, if it's, if it's there at the forefront of your mind, you know the event that took place. Oh, there you go. So, so I'm having a crisis. I'm going to try and pick one of these two matches here. Thank you very much. Oh my, this is a very difficult choice indeed. I mean, they're two ends of a spectrum, aren't they? Yeah. Like, so, so, look at now, unless they're so different. Uh, 
what style of wrestling do I personally prefer? I probably do prefer the style of wrestling of Brett Benoit, but is that just because I'm more attuned to it? And is Edge and Christian versus the Hardys what we saw there? Which I don't think that was... This is my first real chance to talk about that much. I don't feel it was... It's been called a spot fest. I think that's a little unfair. No. I, think they were, I think they were working within themselves in that match, actually. The spots... I don't know if they were spots... No, I think that was, the, that, that, that was the that was the that was the prototype of a match they could potentially achieve. I thought it was well put together because they they were it wasn't just about the spots. Was the flow all the way there from start to finish? Possibly not, but they weren't just trying to out danger each other. Oh, this is so impossibly difficult now. Keep it, it in the ring, McNamara. <laughs> Twenty minutes over clean with a sharp here. Come on. And it, you know you fucked us last year. We're making Ben Mar win. You've again. absolutely fucked us many times. You've let a ladder match win one year. You can let it win twice now, which is actually a better ladder match. This is so not cool. a better ladder Come match. Come on, Chris White. I need your help here. They're ganging up on me. Look, I feel like Rory's a man of honour, and he will not bow down to shouts of, you fucked us. <laughs> I feel like him, him hearing, you fucked us. This works for us, Dan. It's only helping me make my decision. I've got to say this. You know, I don't, have, I don't have a particular dog in the fight here, but you fucked us last year is not the way to go about it. Okay. Yeah, uh, so you men of, of honour. You, you had better start. Who even said that? Who even said that? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> of course, if I, if I was a wimp, which I'm not, I'd pick them both one. If I'm not going to do that, I'm going to fucking go with the courage of my convictions. I'm going to go Edge and Christian versus the Hardy. Sod it. There you go. Yeah. Oh. Hey, I voted against Brett here, for goodness sake. You know, that takes some doing you in a match I waxed lyrical Brett. about on the show. Tonight. You have to sleep tonight with that. <laughs> that almost sounds like a threat. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the reason I've gone for Edge of Christian versus the Hardys is I actually think, you know what? I actually think Brett Benoit could even have been a little bit better. You said yourself, Eric, you thought it was a little bit dull at times. Oh, you're you're not wrong. That match was super dull, but it was the best wrestling match. Now you're the one talking about last, week on the, last month on the November 99 show. You're the one overcorrecting. I think it's I, time to move I, on. I, I, I just can't stand like the, we're going to like wrestle a ladder. I just can't stand that at all. They did. They used it. Use it in new ways. It built on the WrestleMania 10 match. Not the SummerSlam 95 one. Built on the WrestleMania 10 match and then some. That's is up. it possible that Benoit is a little overrated? That's all I'm going to say. Again, shall, we talk, think, shall, shall we discuss again, that? Of... Year? Shall we discuss it? I think we should. <laughs> for the second, I'll, 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 I'll just, I'll just do the show, shall I, guys? And for our listeners out here, I'll just do the show, shall I? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you all, really. He says with his fingers crossed. Worker of the year for the second year in a row. This probably won't surprise you, Mr. White's no WWF representation here. I, I. I didn't. I mean, this. I'm breaking confidentiality here, but <laughs> my pick for this was fucking no one. Like yeah, well, <laughs> the electoral commissioner after us after this anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so here are the four that made it: RVD, Chris, all right, Chris Benoit, Lance Storm, and Dan Welling, because you helped him get in here. Going to open this one up for us, Rey Mysterio. Yes, mainly because. I think Rey Mysterio has approached we take him for granted levels. I think we we had four, maybe five generational talents in Malenko, Guerrero, Benoit, RVD, and Rey Mysterio. Four, three of those have been one like one worker of the year, and then RVD has got a very good chance this year and has gone on to other levels. But I think Rey Mysterio has been forgotten in that regard, and 
you look at what his work was in the first six months of the year, it's outstanding. Like the amount of times I've gone back and listened to WCW podcast with Rory and the amount of times he goes, I have no idea how Rey Mysterio did that spot is ridiculous. The matches he had, like the quality of work that he's done in a tag team capacity and a singles capacity with Cruiserweight Wrestling before Vince Russo ruined it was as, as outstanding as he always does. And it's just as good as what the stuff he was doing back in 96, 97 was. But because it isn't new, we forget it. And you want the body of work to back up. He's done that this year. You want the match. He had that with Billy Kidman back in March, April time. I think he deserves to be on this list. Um, but even I will contend that he is not at the level of two of the other guys on this list are in terms of the body of work that he's put out this year. And you've confirmed that at least one person listens to the WCW shows. It's all, it's all suddenly become worthwhile. Lance Storm's on this list. Who wants to talk about him? I will take Lance. Go ahead. Lance Storm is a wrestling machine. He is just so, so good in the ring. Everything he does looks effortless. And yeah, he, right, he's not doing the flying around that Mysterio does. But the one thing that has been a, pin, a pivot of what ECW has always been is there's always been good wrestlers. And Lance Storm can somehow manage to even have a good match against Pisshead himself, Sandman. So that, to me, says a lot. He is awesome. He carries Ratface Knacker to make the Impact players one of our contenders for Tag Team of the Year. He has been in there with pretty much most of the roster, and it's always worth watching. But we all know who is going to win this. My boy, RVD, who cannot have a bad match with anyone. He is the greatest wrestler in America, and everything he does is awesome. Oh. <laughs> we will we'll come back to him. We'll come back to him. Eric, you intrigued me earlier by suggesting Benoit might be a little bit overrated. Now is your chance to further that point. Well, no. I felt like Benoit was overrated last year because he was injured for a good percentage of the year. So him winning last year was, I feel like, uh, an award for 97. Or maybe, there was, maybe there was some tactical voting going on. Yeah. <laughs> we all know how well that turns out. Continue. Whatever it was, he shouldn't have won last year. This year, I feel like he actually has a better argument for it because – I don't need to rehash all of his pay-per-view matches for the year. Like, go go back and watch them or listen to the show. But, like, <laughs> he had some really bad pay-per-view matches this year. And he generally had good matches out of all of them. Now, that does not mean to say that he is the best worker of the bunch. I am fully in the camp of Lance Storm. In that, I think last year on this very same program, I called him a gazelle. In that he can, he is kind of just like impenetrable in any match that he can have with anybody is, is great. But he pales in comparison to the real worker of the year, which is RVD, like in my opinion. 
this guy, every match he had on television, every match he had on pay-per-view is one that we have discussed or should have discussed in in the show. Like, dude had just an unbelievable 1999. Did not have one bad match. Had three or four match of the year contenders and had several matches that were just all-time greats. Like, I just don't see how you can evaluate this category and not pick RVD. And then, you know, you have other guys who are eligible for this category. So just just for me, like, it's, it's RVD and it's everybody else. But then Benoit, like, yeah, this is... This is the first year he's deserved it in a in a couple of years. And and because he had the match against Brett and because he's had just kind of consistent pay-per-view matches against guys that I, I would not consider pay-per-view quality guys, but all of Benoit's matches have been fine. Like he he deserves to be in that mix, but th- this is a easy vote category for me. Uh, Dan, we've got RBD, Benoit, and Lance Storm left for you to talk about. Take all of them in turn. Uh, Lance Storm, I just think, again, I agree completely with Eric. He is probably just, in terms of ability right now, the safest, crispest, like, cleanest worker right now going. I just can't point to that match. Like, I think a worker of the year needs to have. I can't point to one. Like it seems like he's in the mold of a Benoit was like two or three years ago, where he's carrying better, uh, sorry, less talented workers to good matches. I don't think that deserves to be nominated for like work of the year. Oh god, uh, Benoit for me, I think is was better than he was last year in terms of his like profile and like I know Eric kind of will disagree with this point, but I think he has saved pay per views with his work rate. Like, you know, he has times this year wrestled such dross, but I can always rely on him to try. And then we finally got a chance to put together matches in really good spots. Like with Jarrett, with Brett, he's finally getting the push he deserves um, that we've been clamoring for for like four or five years. So, yeah, in terms of like, is he better than last year? In terms of the overall body of work, probably. Um but again, RVD has also probably been as better than he was last year too. And now he has that match with Jerry Lynn to back it up. I mean, in terms of innovation, he's all, we, we've gushed over him so much already. I think there's no denying that. Um, it's just whether I would prefer his in-ring style to that of Benoit, because Benoit is generally my cup of tea in terms of a worker who is believable in the ring. Sometimes RVD can go a bit too over the top for my liking. So it is, I don't know how I'm going to vote yet, but I know that it was always going to be one between one of those two men to that got the vote. Chris White, your thoughts on the final four here from a distance. And secondly, do you think there's any chance of a WWF competitor to make it into this list anytime soon? I mean, last two years, nowhere, nowhere near worker of the year from the Federation. I mean, every time you get to me in this category, every year, I feel like a Blackburn Rovers fan commentated on the Man United Arsenal FA Cup semi-final. <laughs> because I, I just have nothing. 
like I've got absolutely nothing, uh, nowhere near. Um, and I, I don't know if the nature of Raw and SmackDown and just the storyline emphasis the WWF has with less like we've discussed it on this show like how who someone said it like a third of pay-per-view main events have had Vince McMahon in them like Shane McMahon and the Mean Street Posse two of them aren't even trained wrestlers like they're on most shows like I don't know if the company is built in a way that we're going to get a candidate next year. And it's not that they don't have guys who don't have talent to be nominated if they were put in position to do so. Like you could have, you could have a Chris Jericho. Like it's not completely unfeasible that Chris Jericho would be nominated for this award. He probably has been before. Like, uh, but, in the WWF, I think I, I I think we're we're way off from seeing it, and probably the best chance is like if Edge and Christian and the Hardys keep wrestling at each other, and they just have enough good <laughs> spot fest ladder matches that we uh, someone gives them a nod. But at the moment, yeah, I think we're a long way off from the WWF staking a claim for this particular award. Right, let's get to voting. Chris White from these four. Who would you pick? RVD. Who whispered that? <laughs> we know who whispered that. <laughs> Done. Rob Van Dam. Eric. R. V. D. Lacey. Mr. Monday Night, Mr. Pay-Per-View, the whole fucking show, Rob Van Dam. So, the wrong from last year has been righted as Rob Van Dam finally wins Worker of the Year, it says here. It says here on this note card. That's definitely not my handwriting. MVP of the Year to finally bring us home. You might remember we had six contenders for this award last year, but three runaways. No one else was even in the picture. So I want this one to be a bit of an open discussion. We know these people very well. Steve Austin, Rob Van Dam, and The Rock. Touch paper lit. Oh. Eric Landstrom, go. Wow, this is really intense. Um you know, I almost think that the WWF's like weird year where they don't have any stars, but they're just in control because WCW is so bad. Uh, does Rob Van Dam like a lot of benefit here? So Austin, he's in the Royal Rumble. He's in the main event of WrestleMania. He's in the main event of Backlash. But then it just kind of like obviously he's in the main event of King of the Ring, but it just kind of falls off. Like, in, by the end of the year, like, what is Stone Cold Steve Austin? And then Rock, it's like, ooh, is he even part of the main event scene by the end of the year? And then you look at a guy like RVD, who's like, oh, he's 
clearly the biggest star in ECW for fucking middle 98 last year when he got a bunch of votes through all of this year. And he's he's not necessarily main eventing shows, but he's the most anticipated match of all the shows, I guess. And uh, it this year has just been so confounding and so confusing. I, I, I don't think that Austin or Rock, either of them, were more important to their companies or more important to their rise or more important to their whatever, whatever the metric for this category. I, I think RVD is like more important to like his company than either of those two guys. So I think I have to vote. I think if I were considering it, I would strongly consider RVD here in that Austin rock kind of like, when do you cancel each other out? I don't know. I think RVD. Dan help. I mean, uh, Daniel Welling, what are your thoughts on this? (laughs) Um, I, I, I agree with Eric in terms of what Rob Van Dam brings to ECW. I mean, he is definitely the most popular wrestler in ECW. I think he definitely is obviously the best worker in in the world. Well, not the world, North America, sorry to say. Uh, I just don't think he had the latter six months. Like, he had that feud with Jerry Lynn, which was awesome, as we all know. But then, don't, why don't you just insert him into the title picture? Like, you've got the star there. Why can't you just make him the guy? And I just don't think ECW done that. Like, and concretely say that this is the guy that we're going to build our company around when we go to national TV. And I, can I really give an MVP award to that kind of attitude? Um, and I don't think The Rock is in consideration for me either because, again, he's got an amazing promo. Like, I, I don't want to kind of brushed that aside but he is an amazing promo he's been in some amazing matches this year with the man with mankind with austin but then again as eric said he's fallen away and and he's always been bubbling under but i don't believe he's ever been the guy everyone goes to see and again i made the point Rey mysterio but i think it still applies with still Cold of austin yes he's not as good as he was in 98 and he's not as fresh as he was in 97. But if we just look at it objectively, he has been involved in some of the best segments of the year with the beer truck, the car, the rattlesnake with Triple H. He has been involved in some of the best matches of the year with The Rock um, and Undertaker at Fully Loaded. He still brings the passion on his promos, even though, again, he's not at the level as he was in 98 or 97. Just because someone isn't as good as they were at their absolute peak doesn't mean that they're still not the best thing in wrestling right now. And I still, I think we are still overestimating how much of a draw The Rock is in 1999 and underestimating how important Stone Cold Steve Austin was still for WWF, particularly in the first half of the year where they really stretched that lead over WCW to the point where they could allow him to ease off and have the rock slowly take over potentially in 2000 whilst Austin starts to recover from injury. For me, Austin is still just about there as the big, the biggest star in wrestling in, in 1999. But people like, but young blood like RVD and the rock and Chris Benoit and WCW are coming up fast. What do you say to that? Chris Weiss? 
I I completely agree. Um, I think the Rock and Austin. The difference is that we're awaiting this like big coronation of a babyface Rock winning that title in a huge moment, kind of the mankind moment we got on the 4th of January. We're we're missing that with the Rock, aren't we? Like we've we've had him as the the corporate champion, and we, we he's at times the top baby face, but he's not been put at the tip of the company in the same way Austin has been across the last two to three years. And like whether or not WrestleMania 15 was bad and it clearly was, it just won worst show of the year. Like you don't get that without Austin like you don't get to that show you don't get to have a show that should be as good as that show should have been without Austin being there and having a star that big and a star that important and I have someone on this show tonight called Austin like the biggest star in wrestling history like he just is it doesn't matter if 98 was bigger than 99 he is still the biggest star in wrestling like there's no there's no one more valuable than Stone Cold Steve Austin, and that is the nature of this award. Um, he is streets ahead for me of The Rock, and Rob Van Dam may be more sort of the centre, the heart of ECW, like uh, than Austin has been because the booking in the Fed has been so all over the place this year. But ultimately, Austin is a difference maker on a different level. And like we have to take that into account when we're talking about the most valuable. Like there are there are different levels than just a wrestling fan who is actively a wrestling fan watching a show. And Austin means more to a wider audience than Rob Van D- in WWF than Rob Van Dam can in ECW. And that's just the nature of the promotions they're both in. But the reason the WWF was able to get itself into a position so far ahead of WCW and continue that throughout the year is also is partly because WCW is hot trash, but also because of Stone Cold Steve Austin. I... <laughs> <laughs> Twist the knife, why don't you? I think they know this too. We still don't have an official prognosis on how long it will be until Austin gets back in the ring. I think we'll be seeing him on screen very very soon into 2000 i don't think they can afford okay they probably can afford to take the risk but i don't think they want to put themselves in a position where they should even consider taking the risk just going to leave that one hanging in the air before people vote chris lacy so rock and austin have had a good six months each you know of being decent but the rest of it being a bit shit RVD has been the world television champion for 20 months. The world television championship in ECW is more important than the world title. It always has been. So you saying, you know, give him the title. He has got the title that actually means the most. He has held that title, as I said, for 20 months. Has anyone else had a title reign like that? No, because everyone else does flip-flop booking it's bullshit every time he is on the show you are guaranteed an awesome match you can't say the same for the rock and austin 
yes, The Rock has picky one-liners that, you know, has meant that he is a good talker. Austin will bring out his toys and do beer bashes and monster trucks and stuff like that. But if we are looking at the most valuable person for a company, you can interchange Rock and Austin. Drop one out, put the other one in, it's fine, as they've done. And if anything, Hunter for the last four months has been more important in the in the Fed than either of those two have, because he's been the main one and the main antagonist. For the first time, the Fed are actually going with a heel on top. So as such, it can't be Rock and it can't be Austin, because they've not been the most valuable player for their team for the whole year. It has to be RVD. So your vote is RVD again, is it? Of course. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Eric. Oh, I think it's RVD, and I don't think it's close for the reasons that Chris Lacey has laid out for us. I think it's RVD, and I think it's not even that much of a consideration. Who do I go to now? Who do I go to now to try and keep it interesting? I feel like I put the pressure on you a lot this time, Welling. Welling, you next. Oh, I'm handled the pressure instantly. It's, it's no, I, did, I, did say you, I didn't say you didn't. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, come on. He's like the biggest star in pop, one of the biggest stars in pop culture and has had a good year. Yeah, 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 whatever. Chris, your vote. <laughs> Throwing the pressure right at you here, Rory. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes, come on. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes, I have a casting vote in this one between uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Rob Van Dam. Chris Lacey, Eric Landstrom, would you like to retract your comments from about 30 minutes ago when it was another tied vote? You know, when you were basically threatening me with the lash? I, re- I regret nothing. You regret... Well, this is, your, this is your final chance to make your case if you want me to win this one, this final, final deciding vote in the I, I, I feel my case was made quite quite articulate there that you know both Rock and Austin and a few months each and Triple H is you know the carrier of the company in the Fed. RBD has carried ECW for the whole year. It is an award for the whole year, not last year, because last year yes Austin was everything in wrestling. But this year, only one man has been a beacon of light and carried a company <laughs> as the most valuable player of that team. Could have lied. And it's Mr. RVD. Playing the venting pay-per-views against Balls Mahoney. It was a fucking decent match. Better than any main, better than any WWF main event recently. No, I can't agree with you. So, so, you're telling me that WrestleMania did... Over 800,000 buys, and Austin can't be the most valuable. I think we're getting into semantics and literalness again, aren't we, on this one? Eric, a couple of sentences. Like, it's probably Austin, but RVD, like, carried ECW this year. So I, I vote RVD with the full caveat, like, Austin for a while was the reason WWF continued on its warpath. Dan, closing remarks. 
I, I understand the viewpoint of Chris Lacey that RVD carried ECW, but I still think we're overrating the last performance of the year from RVD too. Like, I don't think the drop, the the, the level of performance from RVD is as steady and consistent as as Lacey says, and that 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 trend line is the same as Austin, but Austin's highs were just as high as RVD and was you know just had all more all round impact to the wrestling industry than Rob Van Dam did. I look, I want to see Rob Van Dam in this position in two or three years' time with WCW or WWF. But right now, Austin is the guy, and he's still really, really good. Asking myself one question at this point: Can I imagine the WWF without Stone Cold Steve Austin, everybody's favorite? I appreciate that for a while we might have to. And I say wheeling back early, like I said early, but I can't. ECW, you take RBD out of the equation. What's the biggest thing you're missing out on? Match quality? I'm somebody who, you know, despite even clearing up in Worker of the Year, I have my issues with RBD matches anyway. But. you would be a fool to overlook Rob Van Damme's popularity in the ECW arena. You know, they tried to keep him heel. It didn't work. They rightly gave up on that. But then you've got Stone Cold Steve Austin's popularity across the globe. Him being out of action, being hit by a car, people are taking notice of that. People are wondering what the Fed are going to do next because their meal ticket, the man, the character who turned the company around, I don't think that's an exaggeration. It isn't going to be there for X amount of time. And if you are looking at it in a very lit- to a very literal standpoint, which I'm going to do, then that makes him the most valuable player, does it not? So it does mean it does. Argument was that because the Fed gets more viewers. No, that's, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. You said he was known worldwide. The only reason that is is because the Fed is a bigger company and been established for 50 years. Uh, that's who's, whose fault the, is that? The Fed, has, the Fed has come on leaps and bounds within the course of this podcast in terms of cultural significance. Like, it, it, like it's not like it wasn't previously culturally significant at its previous peaks, but we were in the doldrums in terms of oh, mainstream and Austin is the reason. And to this day that that continues. Ultimately are and- uh, when, if you're a fan and you're buying a ticket to watch an ECW show, are you going to watch tickets? Are you buying a ticket to see a Rob Van Dam show or an ECW show? I would say the majority are going to see an ECW show. That's If you're buying a ticket to go and see the WWF, you aren't going to go and see it. You're not going to watch, you know, the Godwins or whoever it is, you're going to see, you want to go and see Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't think Rob Van Dam has that level right now. The Dudleys are there. Taz was there. I think they're just as, just almost on par with Rob Van Dam. I don't think anyone was on par with Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin in the first seven months of the year. I mean, time will tell. I think for ECW, the Dudleys are going to be a bigger miss than RBD would be if he wasn't there. That's been a noticeable hole in ECW programming since the beginning of September. 
especially with them now being on TNN. I think you notice it. And RPD is a really one worker of the year. You know, he he cleaned up. Everybody voted for him. The only thing that's making me you know, stop in my tracks is this, this would be the third year in a row that Austin has won the MVP category. I want to say he came very close in 96 as well. But then, you know, I've already got the Electoral Commission on my back. The Monopolies Commission aren't going to be interested. So, Steve Austin, MVP of the year. I just silence. don't know what else you do with it. Like, the silence is deafening. It, it just is what it is. I'm, I mean, like, I fight for the corner. I'm not, like... I'm not proud. I'm not happy about it. But I think that's just ultimately where we have to go. You know, Austin probably shouldn't have won it this year, if I'm being totally brutally honest with myself. But I don't think he's had the challenge. I mean, I agree with what you said in the blurb, and I'm quite glad he he didn't get a single vote here. I don't think Rock is at the... I'm not surprised that Rock made the nominations list, but I would never have considered him to win this thing. Vince McMahon's more of an MVP than The Rock at the moment. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But Steve Austin, just just the name Stone Cold Steve Austin, and it isn't just about the WWF's worldwide popularity. Yeah. The, WWF are, okay, the WWF are a worldwide company, and Steve Austin being a global household name, well, the two things go together. Yeah, go on, Eric. I also feel like Vince McMahon himself was not a bad vote for this category. So I'll say mm-hmm. again. Vince McMahon was not a bad vote for this category. Uh, he didn't miss by much, but not quite enough to get in, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I said earlier, I'm not in love with a lot of his babyface stuff so far, but it is something different, and he is doing his best to try to pull it off. So I wouldn't have had an objection. He might well have, he might well have even got my vote if he'd been in, say, with the remainder of these three, or even if he'd replaced, probably even if he'd replaced The Rock. But as it is, I've given it to Austin, maybe slightly by default. I mean, okay, Lacey, I'll, I'll, I'll level with you. Do you, I'm going to ask you one more question on this before I wrap up and give you um, the final Company of the Year awards. Is ECW, as we go into 2000, is that on Rob Van Dam's back now, do you think? Is he now, does he now have to carry the company? He is their star. He is their guiding light. And if he goes, ECW's fucked. Like, he is the, the one mega star that ECW has. Yes, they've got Tommy. Yes, they've got Sandman. Yes, they've got Raven, who are cult heroes to the ECW faithful, and they will still go and see them. But RVD is the one that you put him on telly and you show a Fed fan or a WCW fan an RVD match, they're then going to start watching ECW. They're not going to do that for a Sandman match or a Tommy match or even a Raven match. You you lose him, I, I think you're fucked. If we were just starting this show, I'd say Tommy is more important. But I've already ducked enough pitchforks tonight. So let's, let, let's wrap this one up with our final award for promotion of the year, which I have taken based on the scores awarded throughout the last three hours. Given one positive point for positive awards, one negative point for negative awards. 
meaning that for the second year in a row, World Championship Wrestling finish on minus points. It's minus two this time. And after all that bickering and arguing and vehemence, ECW and WWF are tied for four points each. Oh, for fuck's so sake. Isn't that nice? And no, I am not going to have the casting vote on that one. Let ECW shine by tying with the WWF for our... Right. The WWF does not deserve... I agree. I, I, I will quite valiantly just give ECW that award. It deserves it so much more than the WWF does. The only Let's reason fucking... WWF hasn't, hasn't got more minus points is because WCW in that in those final three months of the year was just so unbelievably awful that it scooped up all the worst awards. But think of how much the WWF would have got had it not been for that terrible... Yeah. If the quarter, concept yeah. of Russo hadn't taken two minus points, then the WWF and ECW do not deserve parity. Like... I think we have a tagline for this show. And I think it's definitely time to get back into the time machine now because everybody, don't forget, the Millennium Bug is going to hit in a day or so's time. Uh, planes are going to fall from the sky. Computers are going to stop working. Nobody is going to hear this show otherwise. Hmm, maybe that's not just a bad thing after all. So we are back in December 2019 after all of that. Ah, oh, Chris White, that's been a trip. Hasn't it just? Thank you. Just, 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 just that. You shouldn't have. <laughs> I, I feel like I shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's been a blast, as always. Dan Welling, I'm not sure what that was, but uh, it was something. That was the most fun I've ever had recording a show. Eric, you are, as always, an amazing sparring partner. I had a great time. I just hope you aren't too bitter about Rob Van Dam and the wrong RVD match getting nominated for worst match of the year. I don't think Eric minds at all. Do you, Eric? He's I'm not bitter about anything. This, is, this has been about the best urine show we've ever had. So, let's go. That was freaking damn fun, wasn't it? Yeah. So then, Lacey, how are we feeling? At least RVD got one. Yes, he got one for the year. You <laughs> got two. He got two because of uh, Jerry Den feud. Yes, but oh, he yeah, got so the he... one that he should have got last year. Let, 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 let's see. Now we know with the benefit of hindsight, but let's just see. Injury of the year next year. Maybe I'll award that one to him just to keep you happy. But yeah, so that was our 1999 end of year awards review show. I don't know what I'm bloody saying anymore after three hours worth of recording. Thank you so much for sitting through that one. It's um, lively debate is what you listen to this review show for. And I think we gave that to you and how I had a ton of fun. I hope you did listening to it as well. Other shows this month, WWF looking at Armageddon WCW looking at Starcade. if this wasn't enough of a hint for you uh, ECW show wrapping up the TNN stuff and dropped a few days ago as you listen to this on Christmas Eve our Q&A show with Mr. Lacey and Mr. White that was a ton of fun wasn't it gents some excellent questions there it was a very fun little break from normality one we needed at that point so please go back and check that one out everybody all that remains is to bring an end to the 90s really as we march into 2000 wwf is going to take an upturn which it probably needs and wcw see you later i
Wonderful. Still here. Yeah. Here. Hello. 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 Are, are we all like reset, recharged after that? No, this year is so exhausting. I I have another beer. It's fine. We still haven't got onto the RVD section of the awards show yet. Oh, we'll get there. Is this like the worst year in wrestling ever? It's awful. So bad. Doesn't it get worse next year? It's alright. ECW's got you back. Yeah. No, 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 it really does though. Like that's the thing. Like I was at work this week and I like rewatched all the ECW pay per views and I thought like. If it's not for ECW in 1999, this is easily the worst year in the history of professional wrestling since, like, 1925. Yeah, everyone harpens and wants it back. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. The people who want it back don't realize what they want back. Yeah, they, they don't remember it for what it was. I'll probably put 2010 up there, too. 2010 mm. was fucking shit. What was WrestleMania that year? That was 26, so that would have been... Was it Ms. Cena? No, that was... Uh, that's the, yeah, late, the day after. But oh, it's, not, it's the, that's it's the, the whole... Trip, it's the HBK retirement match with Taker, which is the <laughs> only good thing on that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the whole Super Cena, like, Nexus shit. TNA, oh, yeah. TNA going live with Hogan and Bischoff and just becoming awful. Oh. I watched that. I made my wife watch that. She was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> we weren't married yet. I'm lucky we are married now. Yeah, 2010 is pretty god-awful as well. I was, I so- was like, super out on following wrestling, like, at, at this level from, like, I don't know, like, 09 to, like... How, when was the, the WrestleMania in New Orleans? It was, like, 2013, right? So I guess, like, 09 to, like, 12 is, like, my big blank mark in the history of the last like 30 years of wrestling yeah and it kind of end of the roof of question slash start of the pg uh, yeah is blank yeah, yeah completely blank. i miss like i miss like i you know what i watched the other day it was actually a really really good match was john cena versus umaga from new year's revolution i think it was like 07 08 Really good match. Really solid stuff. They're laying it in. Cena wins with a roll-up, preserves Umaga's legitimacy. Like, really good stuff. I was very surprised. I thought Cena was going to beat him with the AA like he did and uh, and just kind of squash him, but he didn't. He got like a, Umaga beat him up for like 20 minutes, and Cena gets like a surprise roll-up after some shenanigans. Really good stuff. That was pre-Super Cena, though, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was, I think that was the beginning of Super Cena, where it was like, oh, we're going to job him out to, like, we're going to job Umaga out, we might as well job everybody else out, too, because we haven't been anybody as strong as Umaga for, like, ten years. Well, give it eight years, and, uh, you'll be able to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just, like, scarily close. Like, it's started to hit me that we've got, like, what, like, 14 WCW shows left? Ever? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, Lacey's so going to have to do TNA. I am not <laughs> doing TNA. I, I'm doing TNA if we get there. I'm all... TNA was my shit from like 2004 to 2006. The wrestling channel will base me as a teenager. <laughs> Can I just say that AEW is going to be a really interesting re- uh, re- review in like exactly 20 years? Because... 
I'm not sure yet. We'll see what happens. To get AEW, you pretty much have to start covering the big New Japan stuff. Like, I'm all, because uh, it, there's just uh, not enough context. I've already See, re- I've I've already reserved doing NWA Power. That's like I, that's already that's me and you. That's me and you. We're <laughs> that's on me that. and Lacey every month. Yeah. Yeah. I'll fucking I'll take NXT because I cannot watch these fucking three hour rules again. Like I just can't do it. Like there's no way no. that I could rewatch the rules from like the last four years again. Well, there we go. We've already divvied up what we're all going to do. I'll handle yeah. TNA Impact. Chris is going to handle NXT. Eric's going to handle NWA. And Chris is going to handle... I'm on NWA. Uh, CCW. No, me, me, me and Lacey are equal power NWA. We're like the Rock I'll, go, I'll go NXT AEW. I'll take Wednesday Night Wars. Oh, you could, you, the, the, the penalty for getting NXT is having to review AEW. That's what we're going to call it. <laughs> who, gets, who gets Ring of Honor and Matt Taven? You can have it. You're the I'm only a, one I'm watching it. So, I'm so a... we've, we've left Rory Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, here's I'll... the thing. Like, yeah. go ahead, Lacey. As I say, I, you know, in my in my uh, waning interest in wrestling at times, a 45 minute show that's just from the 80s is all all I want to be watching. Fucking well, love like... power. It's so good. And like honestly, like Marty Bell and and Allison Kay, like it, it's really entertaining. It's really good stuff. Um, I just love shit like the question mark. Oh, I, I hate the I hate the question mark, but I understand why you like it. it it's so fucking eighties. It, it is just so eighties and so southern. It's fucking amazing. And then gonna, you know yeah. the hoots come back and win the title. I'm gonna go back to Allison Kay. But anyway, um, I think that um, uh, Raw and SmackDown are so impossibly bad to watch. It's it's so much so much effort. At least, yeah, I think by this, like, if in twenty years' time, you you'll have run out of stuff to say about the three-hour rules and now the SmackDown Live episodes. Like it will just be the same show every month. We're gonna have we to just... bring back a recap just to fill out the time. At least AEW have loads to say about, like because it we knew and there's loads yeah. of weird shit. <laughs> like this just... week on AEW, the Dark Order fucking sucks. Next. <laughs> Are you tired of losing your results nominations, Chris White? Join the Dark Order. Yeah. <laughs> This is all still recording. This has got to go at the end of the fucking show. This is our, like, December 2019, like, new stuff update. And I think we've all decided that, like, N- like NXT and NWA are are the best. And then AEW is, like, interesting-ish. There's enough and, like, good stuff compared to Raw or SmackDown. And TNA I... is bringing intergender wrestling to the masses. Oh, Are you Jordan... still TNA? Like 2019 TNA? Look, we all went through a bad patch. <laughs> but the true fans, you know, stick with it. And now Tessa is is becoming just, you know, she's going to be the biggest star in wrestling in like seven years. maybe. Dan, do, years. You, Dan do you watch Impact regularly? Well, I, I, I try to watch the YouTube highlights because okay. I don't have the time to watch it regularly. 
I realize that there's I realize that there's actually not that much underneath Tesla and, and uh, Sammy, but you know, no, it's still good. My, my my legitimate question is how much uh, how much screen time does Jordan Grace get? Not I a do lot. Not, watch. not a uh, lot. I'm not gonna watch then. <laughs> what are we what, what are we what are we discussing? We've 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 just booked the pod for 2019. <laughs> We're yeah. taking what? Yeah, Rory, you're taking. Yeah, you're taking Rory SmackDown. Bob Collins is doing Ring of Honor because he's not here and no one wants to watch that shit in 2019. Keep going. I am doing Impact slash TNA. Eric and Lacey are watching NWA. And Chris White is watching the Wednesday Night Wars. There we no, go. Awesome. Oh, okay, okay. So, so you've been given Raw and SmackDown. Have a great time. So when we're all in our 50s, this is what people want to listen to. <laughs> Makes you wonder what the wrestling landscape will be in 2039, doesn't it? I'm done. I'm fine. I'm Richard Sunkin. I'm doing fucking Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. You are. That's it, but, yeah. Can I just say, you know, who 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 writes the checks here? That's not me either. Right then. Okay. Well, you're, this is your punishment for not you know, coming back from your break quickly enough. Punish. I to punish, but I, I was on tea making duty. Thank you very much. Well, I, I'm just saying, I've managed, I've managed to make a coffee and drink like two thirds of it in the time since you made the tea. I so. spilled my tea running it up here, right? No, 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 no. I've learned, I've learned more about impact than I than I needed to. Sorry, if you told me that, Eric, I, I would have rushed back. I assure you. No, no, no. I just need to know one thing, and it's it's important for me. I can't. I can't remember the last time I saw TNA slash Impact at all. Are you, are you, do you watch progress at all, Eric? Uh, no, no. I, so actually, we have in the Pacific Northwest of the U.S., we have a very active indie wrestling scene. So we have Defy, which is like, we had Superhero versus Tajiri like last year. No wow. joke. Um, so we have a, we're, we're doing fine for ourselves up here. So if I don't like what's on TV, I just need to venture up a couple blocks up the road or up to Seattle, which is like three hours up the road. And I'm set. Well, I was going to say, for you could pay a monthly subscription fee to watch all of Defy's back catalogue, where you can also see uh, your girl become the Progress Women's Champion for a whole year. Well, I also follow her on Twitter and Instagram, so I feel like I'm not missing much. 